0: 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit
1: it.
2: In my opinion, it's a moronathon, uh, and 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 it is just it is just further evidence that crazy never takes a day off in washington dc when president biden's in charge
3: right you're in control yeah 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 it's don't... also yeah, go ahead. it's
2: also going to be very unpopular particularly the price rises. uh p- polling uh clearly shows
4: fairly or unfairly that uh, a majority of americans think that president biden is on a day pass uh, From the nursing home. It completely
2: overhauled DOJ to investigate every radical DA in America for their illegal racist and reverse enforcement of the law.
5: Amen to this.
6: About to sit well for some people and not sit well for others. I hate Pride Month. And not because I care about who you want to love but because I'm sick of the corporate pandering. I'm sick of seeing all-age drag shows where bearded men wrapped in fishnets and BDSM outfits are grinding their man bulges into the faces of children. I am sick of society pushing children to transition. I am tired of men dressing up as women to victimize other women in sports, public restrooms, locker rooms, in life. We have pride flags painted on our sidewalks. They're flying from our embassies. They're hanging in our schools. And yet a group that claims to be so deeply marginalized has an entire month dedicated to one of the seven deadly sins and I'm supposed to tolerate it? What once was a call for people to just mind their business and love who they want to love, has turned into a campaign to force people, regardless of religious beliefs, to accept a certain way of life that they don't want to accept and a trend to destroy childhood innocence in an attempt to validate sick adults and I want no part of it. The only rainbow I celebrate is God's promise and the only pride I want to have is the pride for my country.
0: Fairy tales every day coming out of this White House. And
5: they all star the character Joe Biden. And so I, uh... I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I got my education for real in the black church, and that's not hyperbole; it's a fact. I probably uh, went to shul more than many of you did. I, I used to drive a tractor trailer. I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania.
0: And when you're a black Puerto Rican truck driving Jewish professor, as you can imagine, every day is an eventful
5: one. Some days you're fighting off your arch nemesis. Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. So he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain, and you walk to the car and said, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head.
7: Mr. Speaker, I ask unanimous consent to address the House for one minute.
8: Without objection.
7: Thank you. Today, I'd like to announce that I'm writing an appropriations writer to defund Jack Smith's special counsel, his office, and the investigation. This is a weaponized government attempt to take down the top political enemy and leading presidential candidate of the United States, Donald J. Trump. We cannot allow the government to be weaponized for political purposes. I'd also like to ask all of my colleagues to join me in this effort. We have to use the power of appropriations to stop the weaponization of government, especially in light that we know that there are others who are guilty of true crimes. Never forget that former Secretary of State and Senator Hillary Clinton had classified documents on Anthony Weiner's laptop, who was convicted of sending sexting a minor, inappropriate pictures. This is not how classified documents should be handled. There should have been an investigation done into that. Don't forget Joe Biden's documents that are sitting in his garage next to his Corvette where the door opens and closes. America sees this for exactly what it is and we will not allow it to stand. I yield back the remainder of my time. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
4: this is Lou Benninger you're listening to No Hostages Radio episode 220 and this will appear on June 17 2023 if you want to get a hold of me that's easy 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 that's my cell that's the only number I use nowadays and uh you can email me at Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Nohostagesradio.com is our website where we put to rest all the podcasts once they're, uh, we finish them, but they also are on your favorite podcast source, so you can tap into them there. If you're here for the first time, this is a uh, six twenty 20-minute talk segments uh, separated by some clips. I... I include a lot of news clips that are smarter than I am and are more interesting to uh, mix it up here some and complement what I'm trying to accomplish here. So um, we also do a live show. This, This shows up every Saturday morning, a new show here on the podcast, and then we do a live show on KMYC 1410 AM. You can listen live on that website, or you could go to the nohostagesradio.com website and click on listen live and it's actually the live show on saturday so we're here on the left coast in california northern california and uh the live show is from 10 in the morning to one and if you're into that it's there for you if not i'm sure you're going to find something really great to do uh okay so last week was bard's fest uh if you don't know anything about Bards of War, or Bards, F-M-B-A-R-D-S, B A R D S, that's new to you, <clears throat> you're probably like me. You're a little slow to the party. But Scott Kesterson, former military guy, uh, served overseas in Afghanistan, started uh, Bards of War. He got deplatformed from a number of spots, and uh, you can get him on a podcast, I'm sure, or maybe over at... Uh, Actually, if you just do a search, you'll come up with Bards Fest, Bards FM, Bards this, Bards that. The interesting thing about it and kind of surprising or shocking thing to me is people in 21 countries are listening to that show. He's on multiple times a week or multiple times even a day not just uh, straight through one or two hours, but he has various types of programs on, Scott Kesterson. So he moved his Bards Fest, is the second one. The first one was in St. Louis in 2021, and then this one skipped a year, then brought it down to Yuba City. And so I tried to sit in on many of the sessions I could, and it was just an amazing time. Uh, he calls them people that listen to him. They think there's millions I mean, you can count how many hits you're getting on these uh, programs, millions of people listening. So he calls them Bards Nation. And they flew in from all over the place, flew or drove, and uh, spent the three or four days from Wednesday through Saturday. Actually, Wednesday through Sunday. Most of them stayed all day through Saturday and Saturday night. And uh, what a great group of people, salt-of-the-earth people, uh, patriots. They are what I call... Uh, a culture within a culture. Uh, there are people that are sorting out their food, sorting out their money, sorting out how to educate their kids, sorting out where they're getting their spiritual food from, and they are some fine folks. So had a great time. You can, uh, if you want to watch some of the sessions of Bard's Fest, you, they're actually on YouTube, and uh, there I see they have four different sessions. You know, these sessions, you know, Friday Saturday went from 7 seven thirty in the morning start up, almost 8 o'clock start up, get there for coffee and uh, go all day, all into the night. And uh, anyway, I don't, don't want to just sit there, but I, I wanted to mention that to you. Uh, I also heard yesterday that a um, prominent doctor in Roseville, Dr. Michael Huang, it's spelled H-U-A-N-G. The reason that stands out to me is he, he's located in Roseville, which is about 45 minutes from where I'm sitting. And he popped up uh, on some of the social media spots talking about COVID, and he ended up treating about 5,000 COVID patients, people that were sick, and, but never went to the hospital or died because he treated them with the proper products, not the remdesivir and stuff. And so not only did he treat them properly as a good doctor, but uh, he actually began treating vaccine-damaged people. And then he ran for Senate. Uh, I'm not sure how far it went, whether he – I know he was campaigning for the primary. But the interesting thing was he couldn't get anybody to help him. The, the, the local uh, GOP, he's, he ran as a Republican, and they would not help him. They said, oh, he was too toxic, he's too out front, he's too on the edge. On the edge to the Republicans means you're doing the right thing. They want somebody that's kind of not totally doing the right thing. So uh, I just got a a notice here yesterday that the government of of California, with their pressure on uh, telling doctors how they need to prescribe and how they need to do this and how they need to do that, and basically... uh, taking over the running of their practice. He's leaving practice here in Roseville, which is, it was a shock to me. Um, I think he has quite a big practice. So I called down there and talked to the people at his uh, office and very fine people. And I just heard a really a sad story, but it's not an unfamiliar story where there's a lot of people around that know the truth, like people like Bobby Kennedy and Peter McCullough and Dr. Malone and Dr. Mikevitz and all these people. But when it comes right down to fighting the government, you kind of have to do it on your own. And you have to do it with your own money. And even though people might agree with you, they are sort of, uh, people are just sort of confused on how they're going to deal with this. My friend Randy Mitchell, who's a barber, is facing a $125,000 fine, or not a fine, but they're suing him in Placer County Court, they being Gavin Newsom in civil court because of the costs that the state supposedly spent to deal with him during COVID because he wouldn't, wouldn't close. What they're doing is they will punish you. They're punishing each of us with our own money and our own employees. In other words, if it's really a government of the people by the people for the people, according to Abraham Lincoln at the Gettysburg address, these people wouldn't have the right to, uh, do what they're doing to people like Dr. Michael Huang or Randy Mitchell of Uppercut Barbershop or uh, the many others around the country that are being punished and raided in the middle of the night by uh, the FBI or people like Donald Trump, Uh, as soon as they file charges on one set of circumstances, they turn around and file charges on something else, and then they file charges on something else, and they file charges on something else. And uh, I'll talk about more about that later. But it's a it's a problem where it's like it normally was done in third world countries where they just do everything short of suit, shooting or putting in jail the op- opponent. And what they're trying to do is even arrest him. Now that I'm not comparing myself to those guys, but during COVID. Yuba County uh, government uh, filed uh, or subpoenaed me to come to court. They wanted to, to get a restraining order on me saying that I said I was going to kill the uh, the health officer because of her damaging people's lives, and I never said that. They knew that, but they put that in documents, and they also repeatedly said, I think five different times, related me or connected me or alluded to the fact that there was all kinds of persecution of Asians and suggested that maybe I was a asian- ra- a racist racist with Asians people. None of that was true they didn't prove it they had no evidence they just talked trash the same thing they're doing with president trump and but that's what's that's what we call carpet bombing uh you or costing you money char you know costing you effort, stress, money coming out against you if you stand up and speak your mind against the government today. So that's just what we're dealing with. We'll be talking more about that in some of the clips we have today. I think you'll enjoy. So I just uh, – I have a few news trivia highlights here I'd like to go over to start. And uh, just to keep you up with what's going on in San Francisco, San Francisco is gone from – remember the song, I Left My Heart in San Francisco? And people from all over the world would target San Francisco as a place they'd have to stop and visit. It was a tourist destination. It was also a destination for people that wanted to do conventions. Las Vegas isn't the only place to have conventions, but San Francisco was because there were so many amazing things there. There were sports there of various types. There was uh, great restaurants. There was theater the, you know there 's the ocean there 's cruises uh, out on the bay there's just you know there 's all kinds of things there's many sports teams down there, so it was a great place to go to have conventions but a couple of years ago, a few years ago in fact, different conventions began to cancel, and like many conventions would would book their conventions out years ahead because so many people love to fly into san francisco it 's easy to get in and out of uh, good great airport. But but the city of San Francisco had fallen so far in terms of sanitation and uh criminals everywhere, crazy people, people breaking into your car, uh urinating, defecating on the street, that many, many conventions uh begin to cancel. In fact I, I have an article here, I'll see if I can get to it today, about the many Uh, hotels that are now going out of business. Very nice hotels. The office vacancy rate in San Francisco, remember San Francisco was booming with the dot-com industry, but many dot-com people are now moving to Texas and other places. And the office vacancy rate is at 40%. There's no way they can keep those buildings empty for long. They're going to have to transition them into something else. The other thing that's interesting is... uh, These are just uh, tidbits. American Airlines is unable to fly 150 of its regional aircraft. you have any idea why? Shortage of pilots. You think there's a shortage of people interested in being pilots coming out of the Air Force or the Navy? People that are expert pilots? Nope. The problem is the pilots have been jabbed, and now they have health compromises. They can't can't, uh, pass a, a medical clearance. According to CEO Robert Isom of American Airlines, uh, they're cutting back because they can't staff their flights. 96.4% of Americans 16 and older that donated blood recently have the antibodies against COVID-19. That's a good sign. Didn't say where they got them from. You could get them from having the disease or getting it on board and not even feeling a symptom, but... Your body fighting it—that's what—that's what your body does—is create antibodies. The uh, the other thing is Mike Pence wants to, a return to the pre-Trump Republican Party. Now Mike Pence is the traitor uh, that uh, took the job with Donald Trump and then stabbed him in the back. Mike Pence—I wouldn't vote for him for anything. I've even suspect him of being a pedophile. But he says as a now presidential candidate, he wants to return to the pre-Trump Republican Party. I want to know what that party actually is because I think it sucks. I don't even like the current Republican Party. I like I like the Trump way. Uh, I like Make America Great. I don't like the Republicans that uh, – in fact, we have some Republicans right now. I, somebody told me today that Kevin Kiley even voted against uh, – the censoring of Adam Schiff. And he's not the only Republican that voted against censoring Adam Schiff. I think what's a guy got to do? Lie, 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 lie for years and you don't—you just let him get away with it? I'm just sick of people letting people get away with everything instead of calling them on the carpet. A survey of Border Patrol and Custom Enforcement agents, that's ICE, of those that were surveyed One quarter of those surveyed are quitting their jobs in the coming year. They're done. They don't want to do the job anymore. Who would want to do that job? It's crazy down there. Who's going to replace those people? We're talking about thousands of people. And finally, American mothers are having too few babies to replace themselves and their partners. Fertility rate for 2022 was 1.665. You need a rate of 2.1 births per woman to replace the population and stay static at the same place. Otherwise, uh, I mean, your population could go up if you let in immigrants, right? If you're counting the total number of people in a in a certain territory like the United States. So the population could go up or it could go down. California right now uh, has probably got a very low birth rate. Because they will kill any kid that anybody sh- anybody chooses to kill. Plus, I think in the last couple of years, seven hundred thousand Californians have left the state. So, uh, but in terms of replacing yourself and keeping the population going, keeping the human species going, uh, American mothers aren't contributing. Other mothers and other cultures are holding their own and actually maybe making up for. The lack in Americans. Have you seen on Facebook? Are you still on Facebook? A lot of my friends are not on Facebook anymore. They left long ago. Uh, But I'm still on and I'm, I'm still getting some benefits. It's not like what it used to be. But this meme says Facebook censored the truth that Hunter's laptop was actually Hunter's. But but they then, have you seen the ads on Facebook where you can supposedly get a Dell laptop computer f- for $27? So what they're saying when they put these ads on, they allow the, have you seen ads that are just too good to be true? Right? The Dell laptop is a joke. The Dell laptop ad, it's, it's a fraud. But you think, I thought they were really, a lot of you have been, um, uh, Stop from using Facebook, right? You've been blocked. And um, so why were you blocked? You said something they didn't like because they have all these these people sifting through all these key phrases, key words, right? But they will allow a fraud where they take – they're probably going to say send us your $27 plus shipping, right? And then you won't get anything or you'll get something that isn't really a Dell laptop. It's a fraud. but But – Zuckerberg is allowing fraud to happen right on. I see it all the time. In fact, I, I know Land's Inn, which is a great clothing outlet, had uh, some incredible deals that they were offering uh, a, a couple of years ago. Incredible deals. Too good to be true. And it was a complete fraud. And I kept reporting them and reporting them and reporting them, and it was like pulling teeth to get them to block them from being on Facebook. But if you post something about Trump or about Hillary Clinton or about global warming or chemtrails or on and on and on, Facebook will censor, censor you or block that immediately or COVID stuff. But yet they expect you to believe that you can get a Dell laptop for $27. That's how corrupt this situation is. Uh, all right, let me, let me just mention, first of all, that uh, as we're coming to the close of the first segment here to uh, if you got any equipment that's broken don't don't tolerate that just take it over and get it get it fixed at all power services 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City uh you can dial them up that's a text or a call either way 530-844-0347 they'll fix anything that uh actually they'll fix anything even if some power isn't to it but anything that's powered up like from from weed eaters and lawn equipment to big rigs to compressors, to water blasters, all kinds of equipment, generators. They can fix it. They can even repair your car. They can service your car. They could take care of the servicing on your fleet. And so they can do it all, all and more. They're expert welders. In fact, I just heard this weekend, Josh James, it used to be Will and Josh, started that work in that business. Now there's a couple other employees as well. But Josh went back home, and I think it was to Kern County. But now I just, uh, Will told me this weekend, I says, what do you hear from Josh? Is he ever coming back? And he says, he's coming back. So Josh James is going to be back, so they should be able to get things done faster and uh, handle more more uh, items. So All Power Services, they'll fix your broken and poorly running items. Even your jet skis and your uh, snowmobiles and all off road vehicles, all that kind of stuff. Fourteen sixty nine Stewart Road, eight four four zero, three four seven. We're gonna take a break and we're we're actually gonna go to our clips, so hang tight and I think you'll like it right back.
5: The problem we all face as citizens is that the challenge to citizenship from the woke movement is so multifaceted. It's in professional sports when people don't salute the flag. What can we do about that? Well, we're already doing it. We're not watching the National Football League and the numbers we used to or the NBA or Major League Baseball. You can continue to retreat from sponsorship of of these activities or these sporting events where people will not even stand for the national anthem. Don't watch them. What do you do when a corporation says that they're woke, or Coca-Cola says they're woke, or Disney says they're woke? You can't do much, but you can write them letters, you can write op-eds, you can express your displeasure, but why not not buy Coke? Don't fly Delta do what the left has done for you for years. In other words, the citizen has opportunity to make their displeasure known to corporate people who are contrary to the ideas of the Constitution and civic education. And we could go down the lines of institutions that are woke and we could find redresses or therapies to use so that we could curb their power. If the retired military of which conservatives are a great supporter, if they continue to editorialize and interject themselves in politics to the extent they're trying to subvert an elected government, then we can demand from our congressional representatives that they demand from the military that they enforce a Uniform Code of Military Justice. Or we can say, you know what? Our Lions Club, our Kiwanis, we don't want a retired military officer here unless we know that they have not joined the woke revolution. These are pretty radical steps given our traditional support for the FBI, the CIA, the military, but these are not the traditional institutions we grew up with. They have been infiltrated by woke ideology and they are abusing their privileges under the constitution. So the individual citizen who's been more or less on the sidelines impotent and quiet actually has a lot of avenues of redress, both through voting. You can vote for candidates that are not woke. You can vote for school board members who don't, don't want critical racial theory taught in their schools. You can vote uh, as a corporate stockholder or bondholder against a board member who insists on using criteria other than business acumen and the conduct of the corporation. But we have to first to say, say to ourselves that it's not going to get better by remaining silent and quiet and disengaged.
9: Thank you so much for joining me today, Southern Poverty Law Center board members. Today is a somber day because we are gathered to delegate yet another extremist group that's full of hate that we have discovered that resides right here in our very own country. This group calls themselves Moms for Liberty. Here's a little picture of them that I, I snapped that you can see on our our board, terrifying. I mean, they're absolutely terrifying. So I'm just gonna list off some of the things that have qualified them for being an extremist group, just full of hate, and you're welcome to give input. They believe in parents' rights, okay? Well, that's just clearly ridiculous. I mean, children children belong to the state. They believe in school choice. There should be no choice, no choice. Here's the kicker. They believe that there should be no pornography in the classroom, none. That's crazy. I mean, I personally think every single child, K through 12th, should be handed a little bit of pornography on their first day of school when they walk into the classroom. They believe that a woman is a woman. That is just so close-minded. You know, it's just so close-minded. I mean, ships, ships are women. We say her when we when we refer to a ship. Ships are women too. So, they also think that there should be no sexualization of children in the classroom as well. Hey, when those parents drop their kids off at school, the teachers are now in charge, so. This one just, it screams hate. It just, ugh. They believe that women, should compete against other women in sports. I just, that is just so exclusionary and full of hate. It's just, I'm crying because you're crying. This one just is vindictive. It's so vindictive. They have said the word groomer like multiple times. They love that word. Yeah, that's a terrible word. I've been called that a few times. It's extremely offensive. This one, this one impacts me personally because they believe that if a child thinks that they're a cat, that that child might have mental issues. That is just absolutely ridiculous. If the child says they're a cat, they're a cat. <laughs> it's a, this isn't hard. And this one, guys, this one is what did it for me in labeling them an extremist hate group. They believe that children should not cut off their body parts. (laughs) Yes, that does it for me, too. Americans, we
2: speak according to our environment. We change it up. We morph. We adapt. We all have our, for example, we all have our trying to get a good job voice. When you walk in for that interview, you don't sound the way you sound on a Saturday night when you're having a couple of drinks, no. You clean it up, you practice in the car, and when you walk in, you turn it on. If you'll check my references, you'll see him more than qualified for this position. <laughs> Please feel free to call Frank Torres. Frank will tell you the amazing job I did for him two and a half weeks ago. Listen, I'm ready to work seven days a week, 365 days a year. No job is too big, no task is too small. You can count on me. I'm the right person for the job. Please keep me in mind. Thank you so much for your time. And then you get to the parking lot, and then you get to the parking lot, and you're like, whew. Hijo la chingada, ojalá que me de trabajo, porque no, no, está cabrón, güey, man. No, I need a job, man. I need I need a job.
4: Right, this segment is brought to you by Allen's Auto Body. If your car's been in a fight lately or somebody broke your window out or scratched your car or broke something, and something happened, somebody bumped up into you at a parking lot, Kevin and Kerry Clark will make sure that that car looks showroom perfect as it rolls out of their place at Allen's Auto Body. If you can see them at Tea Garden and Sutter Street in Yuba City, the corner there is one big, bright, canary-yellow building. That's the place you can call them up for an appointment if you want at 530-671-1057 671-1057 six, six, one, I go there to get all, I've had them do all kinds they they fixed my car after it got in a fight I've had the headlights replaced I've had broken parts replaced w- wear and tear uh they they do it all they get it done no fuss no muss no problems they just get it handled and uh so give them a try and uh Tea Garden and sutter and yuba city you can't you can't go wrong okay uh i wanted to mention uh randy uh, not randy mitchell but randy thomason from SaveCalifornia.com. you should get uh Connected to savecalifornia.com. Sign up for their newsletters and you'll see the same things I see. He said, Hi, Luke. California Democrats and rhinos in Sacramento have cooked up a ballot measure to obliterate the definition of marriage. Assembly Constitutional Amendment 5, ACA 5, just passed committee and can pass the Democrat controlled state legislature this year and go on the ballot for 2024 in June. So what we do is have a supermajority here in California in both the Senate and uh, the Assembly. What that means is that there's two-thirds of one party controlling, so they can pretty much do what they wish. Although Republicans can start an uprising and shame them and, and go out on the Speaker's floor and throw down. So I'm not going to go into all the details on how this passed, and you know, because— The guys that represent us up here seem to vote right on this thing. So it says overly broad words of ACA 5, which would go into the California Constitution, are, here's the quote, the right to marry is a fundamental right. That's, well, okay. This has no definition at all to it, though, he says. We would permit, it would permit unlimited spouses and extreme polygamy. That's having more than one spouse. It would destroy the current minimum age for marriage. In other words, you could marry a a child. Like some of the Muslims, people from the Middle East, the Muslim people, they have older folks marrying children. And it fails to even mention or define spouse. Thus, someone could argue a fundamental right to marry, for instance, a sheep, an animal, a dog, an object, and even themselves. Again, marriage is completely undefined, rendering ACA 5 Marriage anarchy. This is going to show up on your ballot, and uh, looks like it's going to. So uh, in 2008, I don't really remember this. I remember it. California voters placed into the California Constitution the definition of marriage. Only marriage between a man and a woman is valid or recognized in California. It passed. But in 2013, U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear an appeal striking down Prop 8, and homosexual marriages started happening in California that same year. That was Gavin Newsom that started marrying homosexual individuals. He performed the marriage. In 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court said that homosexuals can obtain marriage licenses in all 50 states, and even though Prop 8 is legally dead— The LGBTQXYZMOP activists hate seeing the 14 words of truth about marriage in the Constitution, so they're trying to remove it. The only way possible by passing a state constitutional amendment and getting a majority of the California voters to support it. A majority means 50% plus one person. So the vote is on June 13, and you can make a difference by voting against ACA 5. Okay, And then Randy, at the end of his write up, he quotes Bible verse Isaiah five fifth chapter and the 20th verse. It says, "Woe to those who call evil, good and good, evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So I know some of you that listen are not in California, but. Uh, I will say to you that I'm pretty confident that whatever's going on in California that's obnoxious to you and that's why you left is probably coming your way. So I'm just giving you a head start to think about what you're going to do about it, if anything. Now, you remember January 6th, or what they call J6. So uh, after the election... There was to be a gathering of people and uh, of protesters, and you know uh, people that are patriots. So I sat next to it at the Bards Fest. I sat, sat next to the cowboy, the head of the Cowboys for Christ, or sorry, Cowboys for Trump, Coy Griffin. And uh, Coy was there to pray. He wasn't in any building. He was just there praying on one of the big, large, concrete plazas, and they arrested him for trespass. And he said, I had no idea where a right place would be. It's just all open, public. You ever been to a public area? If you ever go to Tiananmen Square or you go to Red Square or you'd go to Times Square in New York or any of the Union Square in San Francisco, usually just open areas, right? When we went to the state capitol to protest in Sacramento, I used to live down there. I'd walk around the state capitol. It was just open, no fencing, no no uh, signs, stay off the grass, do this, do that. It was just open. You, It was just like several blocks of landscaped, park-like area with the big capitol in the middle. And you could just walk back and forth and sit, eat your lunch on a bench, whatever you want to do. But when we went down there to to protest against COVID mandates, they arrested some people and they said they were trespassing. And they said you actually had to apply for a permit to protest or to assemble. Well, you know it's interesting, the constitution doesn't say you have to have a permit to assemble, right? It just says you can you can have a you have a right to assemble. So we assembled down there in the grass. Nobody was trashing the place. There wasn't garbage being thrown down like at a liberal operation. These were respectable conservative patriots, and everything was clean when we walked away. It was beautiful. It was like a Fourth of July celebration. But people got arrested, and same way with January 6th. So Coy told me that they held him for nine days in a single cell, him, him alone. He got no shower. Uh, and uh, eventually got out. He's still fighting his case, but he ended up, he was a supervisor for his county down in uh, New Mexico. They turned around and came around and went after him, saying that he was uh, trying to cause insurrection and took his ability to be a supervisor away, told him he could never run for office again because he stood up. In other words, if you have freedom of speech, if you, like, want to s- express yourself they're going to penalize you. That's a way that communism now. Did you did you realize that we're under new management in 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 the United States? Did you see where they came ab- aboard the United States and made a decision? We're we're now going to take over new management. We're going to be communists now. Nope, there was no announcement. They just did it. So now, if you want to speak your mind, whether it's at a school board meeting or a city council meeting. Or you want to go wave a flag and protest somewhere, you're liable to be arrested and incarcerated, and it's up to you. You could yell all you want about rights and laws and abuse, just like Dr. Michael Huang. uh, Basically, they're forcing him out of business as a doctor in the state of California after seeing thousands of COVID patients. Isn't that interesting? And so to fight the government is almost impossible. And there were quite a few people at the Bards Fest who who are are fighting the government. In other words, they've had their houses taken from them. They've had their freedom taken from them. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their careers. They lost their business connections. So Clay Higgins, Representative Clay Higgins from Louisiana, speaking during a House committee on oversight and reform, he, uh, he made some statements, and he has advised uh, supporters of Trump to not fall into the J6 trap. So what he's saying is what they're trying to do is they're trying to do as many things offensive to Trump supporters as possible and, and to get them all lathered up to where they start protesting and they can start locking them up as them wanting to start a revolution. So he's warning people. He said, listen, don't fall into the trap. Uh, falling, he says, falling for the trap that they choose to protest against a uh, former President Trump's uh, latest indictment. In other words, in support of Trump. Uh, so Higgins is a member of the Homeland Security Committee. So he knows what's going on behind the scenes with these people wanting to arrest people. Uh, so uh, he said, my fellow conservatives, the DOJ-FBI doesn't ex- expect to imprison Trump. They expect to imprison you. Did you understand that? They knew they're not going to imprison imprison Trump. They really don't have anything on him. But they want to get you lathered up so they can get control of you. It's the same thing that Obama did with all the patriot organizations, 501c4 organizations, like the— uh, Tea Party and those type of organizations back when Obama was running, and he wanted to uh, take their money, which they did here in our local area. They took, I think, sixteen or $18,000 of their money. They denied them their right to be a uh, tax-exempt or a nonprofit organization. They went after them. They went after all the Christian people all the conservative people through using the IRS, they weaponize the IRS. So Clay Higgins said they want J6 again. They want it in, in Miami, they want it in your city, and they want it in mine down in Louisiana. They want MAGA conservatives to react to this perimeter probe, and in doing so, set yourselves up for targeted persecution and further entrapment. Uh, he, said, he said this on a, uh, June 11th, just a few days ago. He, he went on to say they want to interpret a busload of conservatives en route to protest and, and create conflicts during the stop. They are hoping to provoke conservative Americans. They fall. They don't fall for the trap. Maintain your family, live your life, live free, and play, pay close attention and make your voice heard. You hear what he said? This is good advice. Don't become an incarcerated pawn in the agenda driven by DOJ FBI strategy to oppress conservatives across the country. DOJ FBI is uh is the uh jack boots, what they used to call jack boots of the Nazis, the Nazi Party. And they are going to inflict punishment on the citizens they feel who are not, and they're gonna to try to come up with laws to hold you, uh incarcerate you and punish you and take your money and your freedom away. For standing up for freedom. So uh, anyway, it goes on, talks about Trump arriving in Miami on January twelfth, etc., etc. This is this is a sharp guy. Higgins is a former sheriff deputy and ran ran for Congress. He says this. Well, he didn't say this, actually. Uh, Trump on Sunday urged his supporters to protest peacefully. He said this. Trump said it. Our country is going communist. We are already communists. Much of the leadership in the country is communist. It's going Marxist, he said. It's going really bad. The people of our country aren't that way, but the people running it are that way. We need strength at this point, and everyone's afraid to do anything. They're afraid to talk, and they have to go out and have to protest peacefully. They have to go. Um uh, So they were preparing for up to 50,000 people. I don't know whether they went or not, but I think what Clay Higgins is saying is right on the money. Uh, We just need to let this thing play itself out and um, see see what's going to go on. So uh, Connor Boyack, who has written all the Tuttle Twins material, he said, did you read George Orwell's 1984 in high school? The Oppressive Regime, The Constant Surveillance, The Loss of Privacy. You know that book? He said, I can't help but look around and think that a lot of people seem to have viewed George's story as a roadmap rather than a cautionary tale. I prefer my dystopia to be purely fictional. Thank you very much. But alas, here we are. Recently, the Cato Institute released the 2023 Central Bank Digital Currency National Survey. It was meant to gauge public support or find out what what level of support there was for adopting a central bank digital currency. And uh, but the results real revealed something that might even be even be worse. Um, he said it turns out that almost 30 percent of Americans under 30 years of age would accept government installed surveillance in their homes, cameras in their homes to watch them day and night in the name of reducing domestic violence, abuse, and other illegal activity. That's 3 out of 10 of those people under 30, 30 years of age. The acceptance rate plummeted as, as the age got larger or older, bigger, with only 6% of those 45 and over willing to welcome such intrusions. Americans, Older Americans have been trained to appreciate freedom. So uh, anyway, the writer gives all these all this information. The point the point is, he says, uh, Connor, who's a very bright guy, I like to read his books. He, He writes for young people, but also for older people. But it's it's easy to understand. Let's remember, the Fourth Amendment was drafted by people who had witnessed the grim realities of government overreach might take time to go and do a search on the Fourth Amendment if you don't have a constitution in your home. He says it was pretty important to them that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, in their houses, in their papers. You remember the British used to just come in and, and their soldiers would just come and say, I'm staying at your house. They didn't have any choice. So they put that as a Fourth Amendment that people could be secure in their persons or houses. In other words, you just can't come and search me. You got to have a reason to search me. Papers, effects against unre- unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. This protection wasn't just about physical intrusion, but about the essence of personal freedom, our privacy. That's what's beautiful about America's freedom, privacy. They understood that without privacy, we risk losing our freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of autonomy. The Fourth Amendment literally exists to protect us from the prying eyes of those in power. Imagine if the Founding Fathers could have seen into the future if they were psychics. Where nearly a third of the rising generation would willingly surrender their privacy for the promise of security. I'm telling you, the founding fathers warned us about selling out to be secure. They said, you will lose both. You will neither be secure or you'll ne- neither be free. What would they say back then? Connor says what we're facing today is a generation unacquainted with the lessons from the past lessons about the importance of privacy and the perils of unchecked government power. The good news is that we can change this and it starts with, what do you think? Education. We need, it's not going to start with government schools. If I had, I, I would not tolerate for another day, my child in a government school in the United States, I would move them to a private school. And I, if I had to take four jobs, I'd support my child to go. Or I'd homeschool them. You think, oh, I just can't, you know, I'm just gonna have to do it, I'm just gonna have to leave him in there. I'm telling you, you're gonna lose your kids and you're gonna we're gonna lose this country because they're lying and they're it's an indoctrination camp over there at that school. I don't care what district you're in. It starts with education, Connor says. We need to emphasize the importance of the Fourth Amendment in our teaching. We need to show younger generations why the Founding Fathers fought for these principles and how relevant they still are today. And more importantly, we need to help them realize the potential risks of surrendering their privacy rights. So with Independence Day on the horizon, I'd like to propose something. So then he talks about Tuttle Twins. They're working on a history series. If you have children... You should just buy all the Tuttle Twins books, buy the whole package, get a whole case of those things and you will you won't regret it. And your kids will be the smartest kids on the block. So uh, that's Fourth Amendment. You should maybe you should read through what's going on. Oh, we got to we're down to about less than a minute here. So. uh, Let's see. If you need Narcan. Uh, my number is 530-713-1838. If you're doing opiates out there or your friends are doing opiates and you need some Narcan to make sure they don't overdose while you're out with them, give me a call, 530-713-1838. We'll get you a, a prescription of Narcan. It's legal. You don't have to be nervous about it. It's good and legal. It'll save somebody's life, and we'll teach you how to use it. So, uh We'll be right back and uh, continue on with our third of six segments.
10: I fell in love with you when I was a little girl, always carrying around my glove, throwing tennis balls off the wall, and hitting with my dad in the park. I played with the boys when there was no softball, and then finally switched over once recruiting started, and that's when it started to get serious. I hungered for competition and strived for excellence, but for a while, you were something that my hands had such a tight grip on. My identity was tied so tightly to a game that leads to failure almost all of the time and I rode the roller coaster of emotions. Then I met Jesus. I learned I have a loving father who died for my sins and has a plan for my life, a plan to give me a hope and a future. My perspective changed when I realized you were just something I did, not who I was. Jesus tells me who I am and I wanted to bring this light into the softball world and play the game differently. I was so blessed to have the opportunity to attend the best university in the country and play for the best program imaginable. Yes, winning a few national championships and winning some personal honors is amazing, and I will never take that for granted. But it is so much greater than what goes on on that dirt. First, I have met some of my best friends and my future husband at OU. Praise the Lord. But even more so, the Lord has given me a platform to shine a light that the world tries to dim. The expectation is to idolize you, And the promise is that true joy comes from reaching a goal that you have put all of your effort into. Yes, we as Christians are expected to work hard at all that we do for Christ. But the real victory has already been won on the cross. Jesus dying for my sin and saving me. Because of this, I have an eternal hope that allows me to play your game free with fullness of joy that comes only from the Lord. With this mindset, I have played the most joyful softball the last five years. What's crazy is that this joy doesn't come after big wins, home runs, championships, etc. because all of those things will fade away. I am filled with a steadfast joy when I see one of my teammates decide to get baptized and become a sister in Christ. I will never forget worshiping with my teammates, singing the song, Nobody, in center field after winning the second national championship. God is so awesome. My prayer when I started college was that I could be a vessel that the Lord uses in his kingdom to bring others to know him. As I leave college softball, I pray that others can know how loved they are by the creator of the world, and that Jesus can use you in mighty ways. You just need to be willing and obedient. I'll end with one of my favorite verses, Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sincerely, Grace Lyons.
3: Uh, Mr. Secretary, did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives? What now? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives?
8: Making sure people wore masks when it was appropriate was essential to make sure that we were able to get out of this pandemic. Sure,
3: but that wasn't my question. Could you answer the question that I asked? Which is? Did forcing two-year-olds to wear masks save lives?
8: And who did the forcing?
3: Well, this, your department, or the Head Start, which is under your department, had a mask mandate until late last year for two-year-olds and above, even outdoors. Uh, so can you point to any public health benefit of that
8: policy? Right, we, we never forced anyone to do anything because we don't have the jurisdiction or authority to do that. What we did was provide guidance on what would Mr. be Secretary, the policy- Mr. Secretary,
3: did Head Start have a mask mandate?
8: We, we provide a mask mandate, a requirement for jurisdictions that wish to receive money, Provide particular. Services. So Head Start
3: did have a mass mandate for kids. Yes,
8: we we had a mass mandate for uh, jurisdiction. I'm um, excuse me for agencies that wish to get federal dollars. So that's a yes. So services. can you point to any benefit, yes to any public question.
3: health benefit from that policy, whether it was recommended or enforced or forced? of requiring young children to wear masks?
8: Families benefit from the policy of using all protection, all precautions to avoid... uh, No, I'm not asking you to rephrase my
3: question as some abstract question that you'd rather answer. I'm asking that you, as the person who is the Secretary of Health and Human Services, right now can you point to any evidence that there was a public health benefit to forcing young children to
8: wear masks? Well, the fact that uh, today we are not losing lives the way we lost them when we first got into this pandemic... And you think that's because we forced
3: two-year-olds to wear masks? I asked you, was it a mistake to defy the international norm on the issue of child masking?
8: We continue to use all the best practices when it comes to making sure people take the precautions. Is there a reason you're not answering
3: my question, Mr. Secretary?
8: I'm I'm answering the question the best I can because you keep phrasing questions that are already geared to get a particular answer. I want to quote
3: you from an article from NPR in January of 2022. It says the United States is an outlier in recommending masks from the age of two years old. The World Health Organization does not recommend masks for children under age five, while the European equivalent of the CDC doesn't recommend them for children under age 12. In retrospect, was it a mistake for the United States to defy the international norm on child masking?
8: The U.S. has been working closely with our international partners, and we have done more than any other country to try to help But that's not what our, I asked you. I asked country,
3: you, was it a mistake countries. to defy the international norm on the issue of child masking?
8: We continue to use all the best practices when it comes to making sure people take the precautions Is there a reason you aren't say, answering
3: my question, Mr. Secretary?
8: I'm, I'm answering the question I best, the best I can.
4: Hey, I'm an innocent bystander. They saying I drove a getaway car. But I cannot
9: see, I'm legally blind. That's my story, I'm sticking to it, i How many times must
2: I tell you, babe? How many bridges I've got to cross? How many times must I explain myself? Or I can talk to the more
4: All right here's our third segment and uh, if you have a legal problem maybe you need a, a will done maybe someone is sick in your family and they think wow i'm i'm i am uh, may not make it i need a will you have to do a last minute will right so it doesn't all your valuables don't end up tied up in court and the, the government take most of your money that's what happens when you don't have a proper will you get a will done pretty easy and uh, you don't need an attorney to do it you can go to a place like North Valley Paralegal I just had uh, Nellie Garcia and her children just stop by they were going over to the baseball game tonight Stop by for an hour of chat and uh she can help you with all kinds of legal problems. You've got some family issues or there's some, some controversy in the family. You need some legal help. All kinds of things. You need adoption. You want to change your name. There's all kinds of reasons you might need a little assistance with legal. You don't need to go to an attorney. They're very expensive. I don't know, hundreds of dollars an hour, like $300 an hour, some of these people, even higher. And uh, North Valley Paralegal will do it faster, cheaper, better, nicer, more honest. And uh, Nellie Garcia is her name. Her, n- her number is 530 751 Once again, seven five one nine two eight nine. She is located right in Yuba City, easy, right off Highway 20 at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. They may not have changed the name on the, uh, the sign out front when you drive in the parking lot. They have the 100 buildings and then the 200 buildings. So regardless of what it says, just go to 202A. You'll find her, and her name will be on her door or around the door somewhere. So it's that's in Yuba City. That's right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department. Once again, 1110, 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. Her number again is 5307519289. Also, want to mention, as I mentioned, Narcan earlier. One of the key guys for the last three decades in our area, helping people get free from addiction, is Doctor Joe Cassidy. He used to be our health officer, and he used to do all the work for the Yuba County medical work for the Yuba County jail inmates. Now he's working part time for Peachtree Health, and if uh, you want to get a hold of him and help you with your addiction, he is there, and I'm I'm working with him to help logistics on get pe- getting people there quickly and easily. Our government uh, has taken all the money for drugs and misused it and uh, are just hiring more people that sit around and have meetings and uh, drink coffee together uh, out at Behavioral Health. It's a black hole of finances out there. Somebody ought to actually audit it, do a physical audit and see – uh, how many, I think the people out there are addicted to making a lot of money. So that all the money goes into that addiction as opposed to heroin. So Peachtree Health, reach out to Dr. Cassidy at 530-749-3242. 749-3242. I'm not thrilled about their answering system of how to get into the doctors out there, the various doctors. But ask for Dr. Cassidy if they say, oh, he's really busy. Try another doctor. Say, no, 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 I, I, I need to see just him. i I uh, have a problem with addiction. Just tell them right up front, boldly, right? Or if they ask you what's wrong, just say addiction. If you have problems getting through to him, I'm going to give you his direct cell number. It's not for you to call and chat with him. I want you to just text him, If, but only if you haven't can't get through on the pre- Peachtree Health. They'll set you up with an appointment and then keep your appointment. If you can't wait for that or you can't get through to them or there's a a line on the phone waiting, I hate that. You can text him at 530-682-8648, 682-8648. You do not need to text 20 times. Text him once, put your name, addiction, the word addiction, and uh, your phone number. If if you have problems with doing all that and you just want to dial a number and get some action, just call me up. I'll call. I'll talk to you or you can text me 530-713-1838. Dr. Cassie and I work together every week on different issues so uh, let's get clear if you think ah, I can't do this I've, I've been strung out I've done heroin for all these years I've done meth for all these years I've done this all these years just because you've done them all these years the, here's here's the truth I got all kinds of friends that did them all these years and now they got a family they got a job they don't use and they're doing really good and they're happy sounds good huh well it's going to be some work but got, we're, we're, we're throwing in with you so let's do this together Okay, so, okay, let's get back into the action here. And uh, so here's something that happened. Sutter County, years ago, I don't even, if if you're new to California or or you don't follow politics, there was a guy at one time named Pete Wilson. Pete Wilson became governor after being probably a senator and assemblyman and all that. He worked himself up and got elected governor. And Pete Wilson, during his reign, there was a budget shortfall there was difficulties in the budget and they were transferring money around and they took they took some money that emergency response money and they gave it to education i think so they 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 arranged for a tax that they would give that money certain monies generated by a tax back to the counties 58 counties and it was called prop 172 money okay and so that Prop 172 money, you can look it up. You could, you could uh, do, a, do a search and look up California Proposition 172, uh, money for the uh, safety. So that money was to be used for things like law enforcement, fire. Then eventually they added in the district attorney, and I think they even added in probation. And so in Yuba County, they divide that up just like that. But in Sutter County, it's been this way for years, they didn't give the fire department any money. Now, who would we be talking about? I'm talking about in Sutter County, their their infrastructure to fight fire outside the city of Yuba City, uh, that city fire department separate. They they had a Sutter County fire system or Sutter County fire department with many stations scattered way all the way out. There's over 600 square miles in Sutter County, so you got to have a lot of stations. But they didn't give any of this money that comes in every single year to Sutter County coffers. They didn't give any to fire. So all of a sudden, you remember when they advertised uh, Proposition A? They wanted to raise. Money. We said, we need more money in in Sutter County, period. And we promise you we're going to use a lot of that money for police and fire. And on their signs, nobody had a picture of a librarian on the sign. Nobody had a picture of a secretary or human resource lady or guy. They had pictures of fire trucks and cop cars, right? Because why? Because they know that people primarily want government to take care of public safety and to hell with everything else. They want their safety taken care of primarily. That's why they always say when they're short of money, we're not gonna be able to take care of your safety. They never say, we're gonna cut welfare. We're gonna cut feeding programs. We're gonna eliminate some of our employment. We're gonna cut CalPERS. We're gonna get out of the CalPERS program. They never say all that. I don't have time to get into all these details. Here's what I want to tell you. So after Prop A, uh, Measure A, was defeated by the voters, they said, we don't want to pay another 1% tax. Figure out your budget. So here a few weeks ago, the finance people of the county of Sutter came in and said, we're upside down. 3.1 million, $3.1 million. We're upside down. We don't have the money in the next budget. Oh, oh! there's people were gnashing they were gnashing teeth in the back and crying and and going out, and having to wash their face and cool down. But within one week. So so here's let me back up and say that they they were told the supervisors, we have a big budget problem. <clears throat> but there were a lot of people in the county. They, they were trying to do uh, raise the, the uh, salaries of these county people because when they do that then they vote for them and they stay in power that you do something for them they do something for you so uh so in the meanwhile people were th- trying to figure out cuz they, they the government said the the supervisors said we're not going to give any money to Sutter County fire they're playing uh they're playing bureaucratic chicken with the population and so what they're trying to do is create a crisis this is not new. this is communism. They create a crisis, and then they come up with a solution that's going to cost the taxpayers millions of dollars, right So what happened is some people looked at prop one seventy two and they said, "Hey, where's our prop one seventy two money going?" And they said, uh, they don't want to answer it. So they acted like they didn't know what that was. They lied, and uh, they were coy about it they they you know they don't want the people. To be intelligent, it's like the Catholic Church used to do the, the they wouldn't allow people to read the Bible. They kept it all in Latin. Keep people stupid. Just do what the priest says. And so. Um, so some people began to look into this thing and they thought, hey, if you're not going to share 172 money with the fire department, they began to look. Well, how how does the fire department get funded now? <clears throat> and did you know that they, in an area they called the F zone or the F area, there's a special tax that in nineteen ninety seven the voters of Sutter County voted to tax themselves by a parcel tax to fund Sutter Sutter County fire. But when they begin to look at it, they found that whoever designed that tax back then, I don't know what happened in nineteen I don't know who did that in nineteen ninety seven. But not every parcel in the the zone called F, it's outside the city some some parcels didn't get any tax. They got exempted. They got a buy. They got a freebie. They got a free ride. In other words, the fire department would respond and they didn't have any skin in the game. So they began to look at how much money was being lost because they weren't assessing every parcel with a tax. So there's going to be there's going to be an attempt to put an initiative on the ballot to... Uh, remove the 1997 initiative and put a new initiative in place that would tax every parcel in what they call the F zone or the area F it would tax every parcel equitably does that sound like better it's kind of like you go in and there's a 7.25 or 8.25 sales tax and if I'm white, I get it. I get eight point two five. But if you're black, you get five percent. If you're Mexican, you get six percent. That's not equity. So there's going to be uh, a circulation of a petition for those affected in Sutter County. And they need to get a certain amount of signatures to put this on the ballot. Putting it on the ballot does not get it passed. They need to pass Two out of every three people need to vote to rescind the old initiative and to replace it with this new initiative that actually is fair to everybody. Everybody gets some skin in the game that owns parcels out there. Why? Because you're there. everybody wants the fire service. Nobody says, oh, no thanks, just let everything burn over at my house. If I can't get it with a garden hose or if I can't solve my heart attack, don't need to roll by my house. Right. We're not just talking about fires. We're talking about car wrecks. We're talking about people fall falling and breaking their leg out in the farm. We talk about every kind of uh, need there is. So this is going to you might be seeing this uh, advertisement about or you see people out there. So sign up again. You can't sign up if you're not in the jurisdiction we're talking about. So uh, pay attention and uh, Let's get this on the ballot and let's get it passed. Normally I'm not endorsing that, but I'm, I'm against Sutter County. Sutter County supervisors have lost their minds or maybe they never have a really solid mind. Maybe they got syphilis. And, uh, so I think if, if, if I pay taxes and at my house, I pay property taxes and a guy across the streets, a guy across the street, here's my friend. He's a Puerto Rican and Puerto Ricans don't have to pay taxes. That's not fair. So uh, anyway, that's what's going on with that. So it's going to be a parcel tax. I'm not sure what they're going to call it or what 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 number on the ballot it's going to be. So uh, heads up, pay attention. They got certain amount of days that they've got to pull this off, so they can uh, deal with it. Okay. Uh, I mentioned earlier that that hotel owners are starting to write off San Francisco as business. No dot di- nose dives. I've said all along, I've got to drive to San Francisco, um, the weekend of August 26th. Cause I got to fly out from San Francisco airport, but I'm just going to drive through on the freeway, come right across that Bay bridge and just stay right up on the freeway and not, not even get down where they're pooping down there. And, uh, so the only reason I'm going to I'm going to wait a couple more years before I go down and drive around the streets of San Francisco. You know why? Because I want to see. Have you ever seen a movie? It's like a sci fi movie where you go into this magnificent once it was a magnificent city. And now there's trucks overturned. There's garbage all over. There's tumbleweeds blowing down the streets. There's na- animals running around. It's a, you've seen those sci fi movies where it looked like a plague came through and knocked everybody out. That's what San Francisco is going to look like. I want to, I want to go down there and see it with my own eyes. I don't want to read about it. Well, hotel owners are starting. They're going broke. They can't make their payments. When you have 20, 30, 40% vacancy rate, you're in trouble. It says hotels are struggling badly in both occupancy and room rates compared with before the pandemic. In other words, they can't get the price for the room. Revenue per available room was nearly 23% lower in April compared to the same month in 2019 Listen people that ain't gonna work You cannot think about it your contracting business your plumbing business Whatever your business is and just think about not being able to get you lose 23% right off the top of, of The charges there are no way they can do this There isn't any way all these tech companies uh these people aren't aren't living in town. They're not bringing people into town. They aren't flying in. You know, people used to fly into a San Francisco airport all the time and go over and do business with the tech companies and meet people and do this and do that, fly in, fly out. I flew in. I, I was in, uh, came back from Korea. I was coming back from Vietnam, flew up to Korea, switched planes, and I flew with a couple of Korean young engineers. And they were coming to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and they were flying into San Francisco with me. And I said, what are you going to do over there? He said, we're going to take a special engineering course for the summer in Berkeley. Well, uh, if, the, if the cities fall apart enough, uh, I, I'm telling you, the air flights are down. Everything's down because uh, the city's a disaster. It's a war zone there. It isn't. The only thing we don't have is open warfare uh, among just complete gang shootouts right now. They're just, you know, the killings are coming individually. Said a growing number of San Francisco hoteliers are signaling they may be ready to give up. In recent months, the owner of the city's Huntington Hotel sold the property after facing foreclosure, and the Yotel, uh, the San Francisco hotel called Yotel, sold in a foreclosure auction. Club Quarters San Francisco which has been in default on its loan since 2020 may also be headed for foreclosure I'm telling you people it's happening uh, I heard uh, Gavin Newsom make small small potatoes out of uh, what is it is it called whole earth uh whatever that big store is a grocery store whole earth can't remember what it is anyway uh you should you should probably they so when uh somebody was interviewing Gavin Newsom and brought up about this store that's been there for years. He said, Oh, that's just because they were in a bum location. They're going to just move to a new location. No, that there there's the reason they're, uh, their businesses sucks because so many people have left the city. They don't live there anymore. They don't, they're not buying groceries in the city. What's San Francisco is going to end up like many other cities. I saw a, a man, And the only reason I bring up his ethnicity, because he's a black guy that lives in Compton, where a lot of black folks live, Compton, out of the L.A. area. And the guy says, there are no grocery stores in our in our whole region where we live down there. We got to travel to find groceries. Not amazing. Did you ever think America would be here at this time in that in that situation? All right. Let me just give a shout out. We just got about a minute left, enough for me to just uh, give a shout out to uh, Thrifty Rooter, and I want to just make sure you understand. These guys have been in business for 50 years. These guys, you know, think, oh well, these these people rip you off? Do these do they do that? You know, these fly by night. These guys are rooted. They got big roots into this community. They've been here for so many years, invested been go to church here, raise their kids here. All their kids are adults now and they're still running thrifty router and you can reach them at five, three, zero, six, seven, three, eight, two, zero one. Dispatchers are right, Waiting for your call. Six, seven, three, eight, two, zero one. If you got leaks in, boy, you don't want to have a leak in Marysville. if you got leaks in your plumbing or you got a plug up, these guys can fix it quick. They get there quick. They fix it quick. They also can handle your, all your septic problems. They can pump your septic system. They can fix your septic issues. So look at thriftyrooter.net. It'll blow your mind. You can go on there and you can see uh all um they have a whole list of all their services that they provide. Then you can check off what you want, you can send them a memo right off their website at thriftyrooter.net, and you can just put tell them what you think your problem is. You can put your name, address, phone number, boom, send it over. You don't even have to even talk on the phone. You could do it while you're talking on the phone, but you could just type it out, boom, send it off. ThriftyRooter.net there. If you can hear my voice, they're probably serving your area. Even down there in Lincoln, the big city of Lincoln, they're serving that area. Yuba, Sutter, Nevada, Butte, Calusa, they're on it. They got vans all over the place. We'll be right back.
10: Seems like yesterday.
8: It was long ago Jane it was lovely she was a queen of my night There in the darkness with the radio playing low and the secrets that we share The mountains that we move Britney
0: Spears and several other big names were groomed to star in the new Mickey Mouse Club during a time the company was rife with pedophiles. Dozens of Disney employees have been arrested for child sex crimes, including top executives and directors, and in some cases rehired by Disney to work with children after doing extremely short jail time for raping a child actor. Former Disney chairman and Democrat senator George Mitchell was identified as a pedophile who visited Epstein Island, And before that, Ghislaine Maxwell was doing photo ops for Disney's Save the Children. Several former child stars have claimed that the industry is crawling with pedophiles. We have already heard many of their stories. If we can look at the evidence and overcome our emotions, we can see what this is. Trauma-based mind control programs, such as MKUltra and Project Monarch, were revealed to the public via declassified documents in the 70s and again in the 90s with several victims giving testimony before Congress. The basis of these programs is the routine infliction of severe trauma upon a child in order to force their mind into a dissociative state, allowing them to be controlled without awareness. Up until the age of seven, children live mostly in a hypnotic state of mind when their sense of reality is being written, which explains why they target children, specifically those that come from abusive households Bryce Taylor and Kathy O'Brien have each described in their books how they were regularly brought to Disneyland and Disney World where they would be tortured and raped while being programmed with Disney stories, as well as Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. This has been verified in CIA documents. O'Brien says she was tortured in a room beneath Disney World, which we know was designed by agents of the CIA who were running this program at that time. Victims of these programs were sold into them by their abusive parents, a model we see today with parents pimping their children out to the entertainment industry. Britney's parents had her audition for Disney when she was eight years old, where she was then brought into the industry, sent to New York City for training, and brought on the show three years later at age 11, where she was dressed and directed to perform like an adult. The art of mind control was known as far back as Plato's Allegory of the Cave, where people's belief systems were being created by illusions force-fed into their minds. Story. Our imagination has always been influenced by story. And if you can control the stories told to the public, you can control their imagination. Since the dawn of television, visual storytelling has been the most fundamental form of mind control in the modern world. Television, movies, videos, and since the beginning, we have been subjected to a long-term agenda of sexual subversion. As each generation is born, the stimuli becomes slightly more perverse. As the Mickey Mouse Club grew old, their young impressionable audience grew to perceive them as highly successful while flaunting sexual promiscuity and sexual assault. You can destroy a society by destroying its sexual morality. This is fundamental in any society based on the family. When our children are naturally in this theta brainwave state of hypnotic learning, they should be protected within the family and learn from them organically. But the emerging global state now being forced on us by multinational corporations and big banks want to destroy this society. They want to mold our children, exploit them, and even castrate them. It is now being promoted in highly produced inspirational show tunes, and they draft laws to help facilitate all of this. A Republican senator who has produced such films as Breeding Farm, about women being kidnapped and forcibly bred for babies to be sold on the black market before they are fed to cannibals, is pushing a bill to fund film and television. This is the new normal. This is the inverted reality being programmed into our minds. Decades of traumatic abuse has demonstrably hurt Britney Spears. The human mind can only handle so much for so long. Britney is a tragic symptom of society's indifference because if enough of us really wanted to, we could change all of this right now. For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. It's
2: Britney, bitch.
1: Once I was checking a bag, And the guy by the counter, he sees my ticket says Nathan. The license says Nathaniel. And he was like, this is not good. He goes, these names don't match. And I was like, but they match, right? Like, you can see the leap that we took to get from one to the other. And he's like, but they're not the same. I was like, but they're the same. And I'm realizing he cannot find out people call me Nate at that point. I mean, he can't handle that. He's going to call the police over to be like, there's a guy with three names trying to fly right here you guys want to just shoot him from over there or something. So I was like, what do you want me to do? And he goes, you should go home. That's all I got it. I said, look, I'll give you that those names don't match. But what I think is going to help a ton is the picture on the ID. Something that I've always loved that they did. And I think with 70% of that name matching and 100% face, it's 170%, I think I'll get through it.
4: I want to mention my friends over at elite universal security. They started out in Yuba County many, many years ago <clears throat> and now are expanded all over Northern California, all the way up to the Oregon border. So even if you can hear, hear my voice up there in WaiRika, they can use you. They'll put you to work up there. If you're over in Butte County, maybe over in Glenn County, maybe over in Calusa County, they got, they got jobs going everywhere. Even though they're uh their main headquarters is in Yuba County. So, they're looking for workers and they're wor- looking for work. So, if you have uh if you have some security needs, if you're kind of in an edgy neighborhood, they could help you brainstorm how to secure your house and uh protect yourself. How to personally protect yourself, they can help you in ha- how to handle a gun, how to handle all the various toxic sprays. So you can spray on people to protect yourself, whether you're a guy or a gal, and they will train you on how to do that. If you need a permit, they'll help you get that. They have a. They also have a shooting range. If you've never shot a gun before, they will teach you how to shoot and uh, get you all ready to go. But um, whether you have an industry or you have a farm or a ranch, maybe you have a mine or you have something going on uh, that you don't want people to trespass, they will help you sort those things out. And you could t- talk to Monty Hecker, who is the main proprietor over there, Elite Universal Security. You can go to EliteUniversalSecurity.com, or you could just dial him up. And, of course, they have dispatchers, so they, they have all kinds of hours. So 530-749-0280. That, again, that's 530 749 Eight zero. All right. Okay. Let's see. Head back down here. Okay, so I was talking about hotels and uh, you're seeing a city. You saw L.A. collapsing. Now San Francisco is collapsing and uh, nobody wants to go to San Francisco. You know, I was reading, uh, uh, you know, they call you know what they call. They say there's such a thing as San Francisco snow. The San Francisco is located right on the ocean, so it normally doesn't snow snow there, white snow, rain turned to snow. They call it San Francisco snow. It's all over the pavement. It's broken glass. You know how when you hit the uh, car windshield, how it shatters into little squarish or cubes, little tiny cubes? That's what they call San Francisco snow. And uh, some people who work down there and have to park their cars on the curb have lost two or three windows a year. Many people roll their windows down and just take everything out of their car or they put a sign in the window that said, please don't. There's nothing of value in here. Please don't knock out my window. They, in other words, the, the cops cannot control the violence and uh, the criminals are controlling the streets. That's just what's going on right now. Uh, all right. San Francisco, uh, it's done. It's toast. It's not turning around, people. In my lifetime, it is not going to turn around. It isn't like the Haight-Ashbury, which is all hippies and uh, fl- you know flower power and love and peace and smoking weed. And then all of a sudden it turned into a shooting gallery down there. Everybody's shooting heroin, shooting meth, and turned into a really nasty place until... The dot-com people came in, and the and the new rich, the nouveau rich came in and bought all these funky old, uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, Victorian houses and just totally remodeled everything, and then it became very wealthy down there. And now it's the it's San Francisco's, it's taken a big dive. It's taken a big dive. You remember the, the national shooter, the girl that uh, tried to, turned into a boy, and she went into Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. Good name for a school, Covenant. And uh, it's, it's a Christian school in Nashville. And she went in there and shot the place up. And she had an axe to grind with Christian people. And so uh, she shot a variety of people, young people, old people, and then she was shot and killed herself. She portrayed herself like a guy. And the interesting thing about it, you know, normally uh, in, in a homicide like that, uh, they are very, very touchy on how they collect evidence and people getting around the body or touching the body and all that deal. And they do what they call a toxicology report where they they take fluids out of the body and then they they see what was in that person's body Uh what was surging through that person's body. If there were, you know, some people, they would have nothing in there but just their blood. But other people, they have, oh, they have taken heart medicine. They've taken diabetes medicine. They have all the medicines that will show up. But they tested for all kinds of drugs, illicit drugs, methamphetamine, fentanyl, heroin. They tested, I'm trying to see the list here. Methadone, cocaine, cannabinoids, benzodiazepine, uh, suboxone, barbiturates, amphetamines, opiates, oxycodone, and fensiclidin, fensiclidin. Uh, You wonder about it. Do you think they should have covered anything else? So this is a girl named Audrey Hale. She changed her name because she supposedly wanted to be a boy to Aiden. So with no positive results on any of the tests that I just read you. However, they didn't test for psychotropic drugs. And psychotropic drugs have been laden with a reputation for causing people to want to commit suicide or have bizarre thoughts. Do you find it odd if a person goes in and shoots little children, little six-year-old children or nine-year-old children and adults and would have just kept killing if they hadn't got in there and killed them, kill her? Why do you think they didn't check for psychotropic drugs, which there's been a lot of articles written and research done on the side effects What I'd call mental health drugs, behavioral health drugs, people struggling with depression and stuff, cause them to be suicidal or have uh, bizarre thoughts of taking other people's lives. Many of the people that have done these shootings, after they call them all white racists or they call them all white conservatives or Trumpsters, and then they have to take that back later when people aren't paying attention, The common denominator is they're on psychotropic drugs. They're taking mental health prescriptions, but they never test this girl for that. It's just a shame. You know what I'm noticing? Everything everything is screwed up. There's a spirit of stupid and a spirit of screwed upness on our world today. That's just the way it is. I'm just telling you the way it is. You can't get this screwed up. Every time there, anything is done, they botch the case. They can't do an election anymore without, that's, that's legal. Nobody be, nobody's believing these elections are legal anymore. They're botched. We have, we have people, even the supervisors meetings are screwed up. They're at the wrong time. They're at the time to please the supervisors. It isn't of the people, by the people, for the people. It's at a a time when they can screw people easily. The only thing left is to conduct the meetings in the dark and not use microphones. Why don't we turn off all the lights and turn off the microphones so then people can't see or hear? Just so typical of the disaster that information can't be available. This lady said, I feel bad for parents nowadays. You have to explain the birds and the bees, the bees and the bees, the birds and the birds, the birds that used to be bees, the bees that used to be birds, the birds that look like bees and the bees that look like birds, but still got a stinger. You ever thought of it that way? I hadn't. That's why it caught my attention. Some people just have better thoughts than I do. Just amazing. Just amazing. Think about this. Put on your thinking cap real quick. This person wrote Half the country believes that if you give up your stove, you give up your car, and eat bugs, Then people who take private jets to Davos are – sorry, sorry, let me say it the correct way. I goofed it up. Half the people believes – half the country believes if you give up your stove, your car, and eat bugs because people who take private jets to Davos told you to, we're going to have better weather. We're not going to all global warm anymore. We're going to have cooler weather. You believe that? Think about it, people. You know, sometimes it, you need to have somebody put it into common everyday language. Give up your stove, give up your car, and eat bugs. And even though the people that are telling you to do this to save the world aren't, not, they're not doing any of it, they're flying around in private jets. But if you do it, you're going to have so much impact, you're going to actually change the weather. It's crazy. This is an interesting thing. I saw a picture that caught my eye, it was shocking. You've seen these pictures at famine in Sudan or Ethiopia or Biafra. Little tiny children, maybe one year old, just walking. You could count their ribs, their their legs are spindly, their arms are spindly. They're naked. And so this little, little girl, she's kind of bent over, she squatted down and but kind of leaning her head forward. And uh, almost touching the ground. She looks exhausted. And behind her, about 15 feet away, is a big, bad-looking vulture. just sitting there watching her to see if she's going to get feeble enough so the vulture could come over and have a, a Big Mac. It caught my attention, and then this lady wrote kind of a stingy deal here. I want to read it. This Lucy Mwaria, she's from that section of the country, Africa, the continent of Africa. She said in the 1990s, there was a widely circulated photo of a vulture waiting for a starving little girl to die and feast on her corpse. That photo was taken during 1993, 94 famine in Sudan by Kevin Carter, a South African photojournalist who later won the Pulitzer prize for this amazing photo. However, as Kevin Carter was savoring his feat and being celebrated on major news channels and networks worldwide for such an exceptional photographic skill, he lived just a few more months to enjoy his supposed achievement and fame as he later got depressed and took his own life. So, this lady may be jumping to some conclusions, but I just want to read you what she said, then we'll talk about it. Kevin Carter's depression started when, during one of such interviews, a phone-in program, someone called in and asked him, what happened to that little girl? He simply replied, I didn't wait to find out after the shot, as I had to catch a flight. Then the caller said, I put it to you that there were two vultures on that day, and one of you had a camera. After that, he ended his life. So says, this lady writes, thus his constant thought of that statement. You can look at this photo up. It's probably all over the Internet. It's a shock. It's just an amazing photo. And And this guy has the gift or had the gift of catching very unique traumatizing photos. Thus, his constant thought of that statement later led to his depression. And he ultimately committed suicide. Kevin Carter could have still been alive today and even much more famous if he had just picked that little girl up and taken her to the United Nations feeding center where she was attempting to reach. She's trying to get there or at least taken her somewhere to be safe. Today, regrettably, this is what happened is happening all over the world. The world celebrates stupidity and inhumane acts at the detriment of other people. Kevin Carter should have taken the girl away from that place, which will cost him, would have cost him nothing. Yet he didn't. Here is the inhuman posture. He had all all the time to take his shot, but he had no time to save the little girl's life. Thus, we must all understand that the purpose of life is to also touch lives. So are you two a vulture? And whatever we do, let humanity come first before what we stand to gain out of the situation. In all we do, let's always think of others and how we can be of benefit to humanity, how we can lend a helping hand and wipe away tears. Hence, when we seek knowledge, wealth, fame, skills, or positions, let's think of how we can use it to benefit the people and society at large. Today there's a lot of poverty, she says, in the land, So if our God Almighty has blessed you, be a blessing to others, extend a helping hand to those in need. Remember, you giving is also a way of appreciating divine blessings, boundings, favor of God upon you. Therefore, it's important we help the needy, the orphans, and the widow amongst us so that they can meet their needs. Please don't be a Kevin Carter. Be human and think humanity. He says, "Beware, we humans are not humans if we lack humanness in all we do." Interesting writing. The interesting thing to me, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, I, I've I travel in some countries. I've never I've traveled in India, which might be close to what she's talking about here in Sudan. I've seen some pretty gnarly things. I didn't think I could stop and do any good or help people. But man, when you see this picture of this child with the vulture right behind her, I, I think I think I would have just picked her up and taken her somewhere to somebody else that could do something and given them some money to take care of her, like the good Samaritan. You know, the good Samaritan, it's just a story that Jesus told. It wasn't really a true story. It was just a story he made up to make a point. The good Samaritan didn't just hang out with the guy. He took him, dressed his wounds, took him to an inn, paid for the inn, and left. He went on his way. He just got out, got the, kid, the guy out of harm's way. That's all this woman's really talking about. But I looked up this Kevin Carter. If you look up Kevin Carter's photos, you will see that a lot of his photos are shocking photos. Huge, gnarly trauma photos. And another way to look at Kevin Carter's depression would have been, and it may have true, it may truly have started when this woman took him to task and said there were two vultures that day. One was the, the feathered vulture, and the other one was you. He made fantastic money and got a prize for taking this photograph, but he walked away from the photograph. I mean, he walked away from the l- little girl. And people want to know what happened to that little girl, right? We all ask the same question. But the fact is, maybe he just got depressed because there was so much depression in the world and difficulty and sorrow and loss of life and suffering that he had no answer for it. And sometimes when we don't understand how the cosmic world works or we don't understand our place in it and what we're to do, which I think this woman understands we're supposed to serve, we're supposed to be rescuers, we're supposed to make a difference. She got that right. So anyway, I just I wanted to read that to you. And I encourage you to look for Kevin Carter's photos. Just put Kevin Carter photo of child and vulture. It will shock you. And then he's got some if you find the rest. he He's easy to find. And you should look at some of his photos. They're they're shockingly amazing. And it's depressing and how people suffer in this world. And I want to read you something else now. Oh, we're almost out of, out of time here. Let me just give a shout out to one of our sponsors and then uh, I'll come back and I want to stay on this topic just a little bit longer. I got a great thing that one of our listeners sent me today. I'm so I so thank you guys for always helping me out. I want to talk about Dave Greenitz. Uh, AJ was over here this last this week and finished up my patio and been tidying up around here. We're making progress putting this building back together. I'm living in so uh Please give Dave Greenitz a chance uh, DaveGreenitzConstruction.com. It's actually Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page or GreenitzConstruction.com is his website. Either one of those you'll see before and after photos of some of their fantastic kitchens and baths. That's not all they do. They do other types of remodeling, but that's kind of their sweet spot. So Greenitz, if you've never seen the word, it's the, the – uh, It's the color green with E-T-Z on the end, greenetsconstruction.com. A.J., A.J. Hart's one of his key guys on one of his crews, and he's been kind of taking care of me and doing a wonderful job. So if you want to reach Dave Greenwich, you can reach him off either the website, GreenettesConstruction.com, or the Facebook site, Dave Greenwich Construction. Or you could just dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602. That's five three zero six eight two nine six zero two, and give them a shout out after you look at those great photos and decide, hey, I, I you know, I'm telling you, uh, you don't want to hire somebody and have regrets throughout the whole contract, and then uh, have owe, owe extra money, have to do changes, be unsatisfied with the way it turned out. Ah, it's not worth it, people. We'll be right back, and we'll go into our fifth segment. We really dream
0: most catastrophic forest fires in all of Canadian history, experienced local firefighters are being sidelined. Retired forestry technician Peter McIsaac put together an experienced team of firefighters, contacted the government, and offered to volunteer their support. As things progressed last week and buildings were burning and, and uh, people were being evacuated, I realized that, Can- that uh, Nova Scotia had a resource of retired Uh, technical staff that were experts at fighting fire. I called some of these guys up and I put together a crack team. On the first team I put together we had close to 200 years of experience of fighting fires here in the, uh, the Acadia region and our own government passed over an opportunity to hire a team of professionals to come in and help them. Our team stayed on standby hoping that we'd get a call all week and that call never came. So if you lost your house and fires remained out of control When a politician looks you in the eye and says, we did everything we could, they're lying to your face. While the government lets Canada burn, they blame climate change. But other than all the fires, nothing significant has changed. And the massive amount of wildfires just started a few years ago. So what happened? Over 90% of wildfires are caused by humans, and many of them are intentional which is known as arson. During the surge of wildfires along the west coast of the United States a few years ago, several people were arrested for arson, including a 41-year-old man who admitted to starting 11 fires. Security cameras show people's houses being set on fire. A homeowner caught an arsonist dressed in all black and a member of black-clad terrorist organization Antifa was arrested for arson in Washington state. Just months before the 2020 wildfires, Extinction Rebellion published a poster with a burning forest and the words, declare a climate emergency. And in Canada, in 2021, a woman was charged with 32 counts of arson connected to numerous wildfires in Northeast Alberta last year in british columbia a 42 year old woman was arrested and charged with four counts of arson and this year there is much more in alberta the rcmp are searching for a suspect after a fire broke out in grand prairie the suspected arsonist was reportedly wearing all black the rcmp's serious crime branch the forestry crimes unit have been investigating multiple wildfires and arsons, and a 29-year-old man has been charged with 10 counts of arson. In Nova Scotia, the RCMP believe at least three of the fires in Pictou County were arson. Satellite imagery shows that on June 2nd, most of Southeast Quebec went up in flames at the same time, which demonstrates a highly coordinated arson attack. Somewhere between Wyoming and California, 30 tons of ammonium nitrate reportedly disappeared from a train. Ammonium nitrate can be used as an explosive, and it can also be used as an accelerant. On its own, ammonium nitrate will not burn under a flame, but mix it with sawdust, and it quickly ignites and burns everything it can. And now the federal government of Canada is creating a special national disaster response agency, their very own FEMA. They create the problem, and your reaction demands that they provide a solution. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
2: Cruise ship buffet lines are intolerably long. They have great aesthetics, like there's ice sculptures and they carve stuff like, you know, a a watermelon into a shark and little cantaloupes or baskets with little tomato rolls. It's very nice, but little old ladies are up there freaking out. Oh, look at it, it's so beautiful! And they're taking pictures. Evelyn, get in there! And it's a buffet line, and I'm at the end of the line. I don't want to be rude. I just want to know, what's going on up there? People are starving behind you. Yeah, 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 it's a cantaloupe basket. It's very nice. Get out of the line. This might not be an easy time. There's rivers cross and hills to climb. Some days we might fall apart. Some nights might feel cold and dark, but nobody wins, afraid of losing.
4: So as I was ending at this last segment, I want to give a shout out to all of you who send me information and uh, that you think I might enjoy, use, benefit from. I really appreciate it. I know it's a lot of work. I know that you're looking at things you're interested, but I can't get to all of it every week. But but you get to some of it, send it my way. So one of our listeners, uh, she sent me this and she said she was really touched by it. And I said, man, I thought, oh, this is cool. And uh, I was so I was touched by it myself. And uh, I don't have time to really talk about it uh, too much. But uh, I just want to read it to you. I'm trying to get down to it here really quick. I think I think it's here. Come on. Well, maybe I don't have it. I thought I had it. Here it is called embrace your superpowers, connect with others and leave places better than how you found them. I, I, I don't want to get I'm just going to read this to you and leave and not make too many comments because I got so much other stuff to talk about. Uh, But I've learned some lessons on this said there's a quote underneath the headline it says, make your interactions with people transformational, not transactional. A person named Patty Smith wrote this. But this uh, guy, Mickey Z, wrote this. said, when it comes to food shopping, I typically make small daily walks to one of the three supermarkets close to my home, being what the employees might call a regular. I want you to contrast this with the vulture and the little, little girl that uh, was starving to death. Being what the employees might call a regular, I always put in the effort to make my interactions meaningful. I introduce myself to the cashiers, and in the case of the college students, learn something about their studies. That enables me to ask more specific questions than, how are you? After greeting them with a good morning, I ask about their lives, thank them for packing my purchases, and wish them a great day as I leave. Without fail, the folks behind me on the line notice on some level. As I walk away from the counter, I always hear the next person offer their own good morning in a cheerful voice. I leave the supermarket better than I found it. This is one of my superpowers. It's always one of your it. It's also could be one of yours. The events of the past three plus years have been enough to leave anyone feeling powerless. But fear not. You have within you the ability to make someone's day or at least someone's hour with just a few Words and a smile. Your words are healing. Your smile is healing. Your energy can change lives. P.S. Can you be kind without first finding out what the other person agrees or disagrees with you about? He, he quotes Hebrews three, in the thirteenth verse three thirteen says encourage one another daily. That's pretty simple, right? Says you have no idea how much your encouragement can mean to someone else. Commit to leaving places better than how you found them so what will you do today and every day to activate your superpowers and be a positive presence in the lives of those you encounter post woke oh anyway i'll skip that part so the final line of his his uh, message is, so what will you do today and every day to activate your superpowers and be a positive presence in the lives of those you encounter? I I'm a firm believer in this, and I think it's fun and exciting to do. And I had to learn it through a lady that was teaching at a church I was sitting in one day, and it just woke me up. I had a wake-up experience. So I want to I want to go back up here and I got a bunch to talk about about uh, Obama and Harvey Milk and George Moscone and Jim Jones and the Jones Kool-Aid acid test. And um, let me see if I can come across it right here. Here we go. So this one guy wrote with this article caught my attention. Why doesn't Obama condemn condemn boy rapist Harvey Milk? Why didn't Obama, when he was president, condemn the rapist of boys, Harvey Milk? He says President Obama weighed in on the Bill Cosby sexual assault scandal Wednesday. This is back a few years ago. This was written about seven years ago. Remember Bill Cosby got arrested for for uh, repeatedly sexual sexually assaulting women? Okay, I won't go into all the details. I don't have time. Guy asks a question. He, he he says, he brings up the fact that President Obama, why would a president even have to get into this with Bill? He did not have to comment on everything, the president, but Obama was so full of himself, he had to make some comments about Bill Cosby's sexual assault scandal. He says, I'll say this. If you give a woman or a man, for that matter, without his or her knowledge, a drug, and then have sex with that person without consent, that is rape. And I think this country, any civilized country, should have no tolerance for rape, Obama said to the press when asked if the, – the question was, if Cosby's Presidential Medal of Freedom, which he which he received in 2002, now it was 2015, 13 years before, he asked about the Presidential Medal of Freedom that he got from President Bush. In other words, you're going to take it back? So – Then Valerie Jarrett, you remember Valerie Jarrett? She was like his second wife, except she's a female. You know, he had two guys living together, Michael and and, uh, Barack. But Valerie was actually a full-blown female. Remember, she was his go-to girl. And Valerie Jarrett then said to Mark Halperin that Obama has zero tolerance for rape. And so this author says, zero tolerance, question mark? Yeah, right. So Obama, during his presidency, honored the late gay rights activist. that means the dead gay rights activist, and rapist Harvey Milk in 2009. He honored him. How would he do that? He gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which Milk's nephew, Stuart Milk, accepted at the White House. In other words, Harvey was dead. So after his death, he honored him with this Medal of Freedom, a rapist. He wouldn't he he regretted maybe, uh, you know, he attacked Cosby, but he honored after he knew that Harvey Milk had raped young boys. He put the president of uh, Medal of Freedom on Stuart Milk. Then he said this, Harvey Milk's voice will forever echo in the hearts of all those who carry forward his timeless message. What message was that? Screw young boys? Have sex with teenagers when you're 30-some years of age? In 2013, Obama's White House announced the horrific Harvey Milk Champions of Change program to recognize openly gay American elected officials. So let me tell you about Harvey Milk. There's been movies made about him that were totally a lie. There's been things written about him totally a lie. Harvey Milk was a liar. This article said Harvey Milk had sex with underage boys as evidenced by his relationship with 16-year-old Jack McKinley. Jack ran away from home before meeting Milk and ended up killing himself after a long relationship with Milk as he became an adult. Sixteen-year-old McKinley was looking for some kind of father figure. At thirty-three, Melk was launching a new life, though he could hardly have imagined the unlikely direction towards which his new lover would pull him. This, these, this is a quote from Randy Shilts. He was a former San Francisco Chronicle, a writer, former because he died of AIDS. Randy Shilts was a homosexual. He was a great writer. He wrote a. A book. He wrote Milk's biography, The Mayor of Castro Street. You can read it right in the book. Harvey was in on the book. Having sex with a 60, 16 year old boy in California is called statutory rape. The age of consent to have sex with older people in California, you got to be 18. The rape laws were instituted in 1970. Th- that that uh, current rape law. Melk also urged teenager Gerard, Gerard Doles, D-O-L-S. You remember there's no internet back then, no email you called or you wrote letters. So there's some records. Melk also urged teenage teenager, Gerard Doles to run away from home from Minnesota. This is a teenager. This is an underage boy that Harvey Melk urged to leave his home you hear all these cases where these our young kids our teenagers get on social media and some pervert is on social media we had we busted about forty of these perverts here in uh, Yuba City Marisol where they 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 fictitiously said we got a couple of girls nine and twelve years old or nine and fourteen years old in a hotel and would you like to have sex with them and they all showed up to have sex with them Melk reached out to Gerald Doles, began to have a, relate, a conversation with him, and encouraged him to run away from home from his parents in Minnesota to live in San Francisco with Harvey. And he would actually give him help on how to do so, how to do all this, and he did it in a letter sent to Doles. Doles, who did not end up running away to Milk City, made the revelation in a 2008 interview. Harvey Milk was sick in the head. We used to say he's a pervert. Parents, when they tell people, when they tell their kids, do not entertain strangers going down to, when you're walking to school or home or going anywhere. Somebody pulls over and said, hey, I'll give you a ride. Turn it down. Call me. Call your parent. Don't take candy. You know the old deal. Don't take candy from strangers. Milk was a pervert who was soliciting young boys because he he didn't, All older homosexual men like fresh meat. That's just the way you may not like the way that sounds, but that's the truth. So this guy says, milk told dolls, don't tell your parents about you and me. Don't tell your parents. That's exactly what happens today, and we got all kinds of cybersecurity Detectives busting people left and right. They would have busted Melk. Melk would be the cybersecurity pervert, and uh, to take advantage of young men. Did you know that Melk served in the military? He lied, saying that he got thrown out of the military. He got an honorable discharge out of the military. He lied to to get victim sympathy. He actually was a conservative. Until he moved to San Francisco. And when he lived in San Francisco, the liberals down there said, if you ever want to get it anywhere uh, politically, you got to be a Democrat. This author of this article in 2015 said, will Obama make a statement suggesting that Melk's Medal of Freedom be revoked? Will the White House discontinue its Harvey Melk Champions of Change program? Now, there's another article says pedophile Harvey Milk, election fraud and the worst mass murder in history. Harvey Milk wasn't just. He was very ambitious, homosexual. Uh, He had a camera shop that was not successful in the Castro district. He decided he he tried to run for office many times and failed. Finally, he hooked up with a guy named Jim Jones who people say was a right wing uh conservative pastor that's completely incorrect 180 degrees off he was a left wing god hater he stomped on the bible he he was a charlatan i he literally stomped on the bible he did he was not preaching jesus he was full of demonic forces and he had multiple women In his little gig, he was married but had five or six other people. He had a mainly black congregation run with a lot of white women under him that he had sex with. That is not a Christian minister. That is not a conservative minister. He promoted communism. That's not right-wing in any way. Gay martyr, this guy writes, Steve Aounen writes, gay martyr Harvey Milk is back in the news, and California Governor Gavin Newsom has endorsed pedophilia by punching down a local public school board that wants to protect its students from sexual indoctrination. What happened is Temecula, California, Temecula is a city in Riverside County, and the school board down there, Temecula Valley School Board, the president, Dr. Joseph Komroski, he is not anti-gay. He did he is in other words, what I mean by that, he's not endorsing gay lifestyle. He did not attack gays. What he did was uh <clears throat> he Kamraski does not want school books to glorify non pederasts, which is another word for a pedophile or a pervert. P D P E D E R A S T S So let me go back up here. Milk, this is, this is, I'm going to give you the truth on milk. Melk was murdered in 1978. He was a supervisor in the city of San Francisco. George Moscone was the uh, mayor. Uh, Jim Jones h- took hundreds of his congregation and voted in various precincts, throwing the election to get Moscone and uh, Harvey Milk elected. They voted Illegally, and they uh, only won by a few thousand votes. Melk was then murdered in 1978, but that had nothing to do with gayness. Uh, I think it's Danny White shot him. He was a fellow supervisor that got frustrated and quit the board and then asked to get back on the board and had second thoughts. And Moscone and Melk played politics with this guy. He was not anti-gay. He had supported gay Uh, causes in other ways, financially, he was not anti, he had a difference with Harvey Milk that had nothing to do with his sexual preference. He shot Milk and he shot Moscone. Had nothing to do with homosexuality. Uh, His gayness. uh, So it says, but you wouldn't know that from the censorship, what this guy calls the censorship industrial complex in California, which has joined Newsom by punching down and, Armenian and Muslim parents, in addition to their usual Christian targets. Melk had a sexual relationship, as I told you before, uh, with a 16 year old boy who later took his own life as an adult and Temecula Valley school board president, Dr. Joseph Komrovsky and others. They had a big change in the school board. So here's what Newsom, this is so interesting I want you to think about our local school boards, just like theirs. Newsome tweeted a chilling message to Kamrosky. I want you to think what, what you would think if you got this. Said, congrats, Mr. Kamrosky. You have our attention. Stay tuned. Does that sound like a guy that's going to come after you? You bet. Just like they're going after Randy Mitchell. Just like they're going after Dr. Michael Huang. Stay tuned. He said, you got our attention, baby. Stay tuned. That's what that's what Gavin Newsom tweeted. Komrofsky said, my remarks about milk were not based on him being a homosexual, but rather based upon him being an adult, having a sexual relationship with a minor. This guy is the head of the school board of Temecula Valley School School Board. That's his job. Komrofsky said, echoing a growing number of California parents opposed to bringing in curriculum for K to six grades on gender ideology milk was credibly revealed as a pedophile by san francisco chronicle report reporter randy Schultz. i just told you that it's in a you can get a book you can get the copy 1982 is the book that's the year of the book mayor of castro street street let me tell you some quotes 16 year old mckinley was looking for some kind of father figure i told you all about that he also said uh Harvey Harvey always had it. This is what Randy Schultz said. Randy Schultz is a homosexual when he writes this. Harvey always had a penchant. That means a desire for young waifs with substance abuse problems. Harvey. In other words, this wasn't the only one. Listen, listen now, Harvey. Listen to the words. Harvey had a lust, a desire, a penchant for young waifs Oh, young waif, young waifs. He couldn't just stick with one. Harvey confided one night that at 24, Doug, another guy, another waif, another sexual conquest. Doug was the oldest man Harvey had ever started an affair with. In other words, he liked to start affairs with little boys. He liked to bang little boys with the tight little butt. Vulnerable, groom them. That's Harvey Milk. That's the guy that the the government of California says that in our school system we have to honor and say a bunch of lies about him to little kids. How many lies are you going to let your kid hear in public schools? Oh, we all came from a monkey. Oh, it's going to it's we we it's going to get uh we're gonna in twelve years the if you don't quit using aluminum and certain things, the whole world is gonna crash. Forget it. We got one more segment, we'll be right back.
1: Maybe I'm looking for something I can have. Secret. Everyone knows all about
2: life special. It's filling my heart
10: somewhere.
11: I think as a Christian, uh, at this point, it's easy to look at the world and feel like a complete stranger to it. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Evil is being called good and good is being called evil. Our children are being stripped of their innocence. Perversion is being taught in our schools. It has become completely clear now that we have a 2 tier justice system. Parents are losing their God-given right to parent and our unborn, are being sacrificed for convenience. It's getting darker and darker and darker. The evil has become tangible. Part of me, a large part of me, just wants to run away from it all, to escape, to hide, and to just let it all implode. But when I pray on it, I know that i was born for this time that you were born for this time out of all of time this time god knew me before he formed me just like he knew you before he formed you and he chose to put us here for right now so as a christian we're watching these events unfold things that have been spoken that will happen starting to happen I have found myself asking, okay, so what what do I do? And when I ask God about this, I'm brought to Luke 19. And in Luke 19, Jesus tells this parable about a nobleman who is going to receive for himself a kingdom. But before he goes, he calls his servants to him, and he tells them very specifically to occupy until he comes. Occupy, to take and to hold. We are to occupy until he comes, to occupy our homes, to occupy our kids' schools, to occupy our places of business, to occupy our communities, to occupy our government, to occupy our culture. We are to occupy until he comes. So do not be discouraged by the increasing darkness of this world. We are to shine bright with the love of Jesus. Remember, we're in this world, but we're not of it. So on that day, when you stand before the creator of the universe and he looks you in the eye, you can know that you gave it all you had that you occupied.
2: When caught, Hillary then deleted and acid washed. Nobody does that because of the expense, but it's pretty conclusive. 33,000 emails in defiance of a congressional subpoena already launched. The subpoena was there, and she decided to uh, delete acid wash, and then smash and destroy her cell phones with a hammer. And then they say, I participated in obstruction? Now think of it. That's called obstruction. There's never been obstruction as grave as that. She did this in the face of everything, and yet nobody did anything about it. The FBI and the DOJ protected her, did not issue subpoenas, did not use a grand jury, did not execute search warrants. And then the corrupt head of the FBI, James Comey, declared, no reasonable prosecutor would bring a case. Can you believe it? And that was just one of many items. Hillary Clinton broke the law, and she didn't get indicted. Joe Biden broke the law. And in many other ways, we're finding out. And so far, has not gotten indicted. I did everything right, and they indicted me. But you know, we're serving as a great example. And the case of Bill Clinton's National Security Advisor, remember that? Sandy Berger. He was caught stealing classified documents from the National Archives, very big ones, very important ones, by stuffing them in his pants. That's pretty and putting them also in his socks. And he destroyed them and cut the tape with scissors, cut them all up. What Berger did was highly illegal, but he was given nothing, no jail time, nothing. Nothing happened. There are countless other examples. Bill Clinton, who I happened to like, hard to believe, right? Before I did this, I was actually quite friendly with him. Nice guy. They should have used him a little bit more as an advisor on the 2016 election. He said, you know, you better get to Wisconsin, you're going to lose. No, we're not. You better get to Michigan, you're going to lose. No, we're not. They did. Bill Clinton lost the nuclear codes and absolutely nothing was done about it. He lost the nuclear codes. The George W. Bush White House lost 22 million emails, a record. NARA cannot assure complete transfer of any of the Bush records. A document shredding truck was spotted on the way to Dick Cheney's house. Can you imagine? Hillary Clinton took hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of furniture, China, flatware, rugs and more from the White House, and she wasn't prosecuted. How about that one? She took the furniture and the China. How about if Trump did that? You think Trump would have a little problem? The horrific violations of my rights by crooked Joe Biden's weaponized Department of Injustice are unthinkable, it's
6: unthinkable. And here we go again, with migrants being transported away from the border. This time they were flown to California, but wait, Florida paid for it? Okay, let's review. Last year, asylum seekers who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border began to be sent to cities all over the U.S. by the governors of border states like Texas, and it's been a huge controversy. In one instance, Florida actually paid to fly out nearly 50 migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. And now it seems like they did that again, but this time with two flights to Sacramento, California. According to reports, migrants were recruited in Texas and offered the free flights to California, and sometimes made false promises of finding work. California Governor Newsom is not happy and has called Florida's Governor DeSantis a small, pathetic man. And he hinted California could pursue kidnapping charges. Florida has not yet responded, but it's worth noting that Florida recently passed a new law that authorized $12 million for these kinds of migrant relocations. Stay tuned for more.
2: Happy birthday to me, the greatest president in history. We're going to make America great again and save our country it's america's favorite birthday boy what a fantastic day flag day and a wonderful birthday i'm having a big beautiful birthday big mac the biggest mac in the history of the world here's to 77 it's a beautiful day here's to 77 and the best is yet to come
4: Here's some more information about Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk was an honorably discharged U.S. Navy veteran and a Goldwater Republican stockbroker in New York. Did you ever hear this? This is the truth. What you've been told is a lie. He got out of the U.S. Navy. He was a Republican. He's a conservative. He was gay. He was a stockbroker in New York. He moved to San Francisco in 1972. As Democrat pop politician Art Agnos said, Melk found freedom, grew his ponytail, and started to move to the left. He tried to come out as a conservative politician, but that didn't work, so he became a leftist and invented a non-existent, dishonorable discharge to benefit him politically. Agnes said, you know, Harvey, I know you want to go someplace in politics in the city. This is a quote. But you're not going to go too far with your throw the bums out conservative speech. You got to give people hope. A week later, Melk delivered his give them hope speech. It was stunning to see him turn around and sound like a liberal. The next year he was a full-blown progressive, recalled uh, according to Agnes Agnos, who went on to serve as, as a mayor in San Francisco from 88 to 1992. From 1957 to 67, San Francisco was the adopted home of the Meta Sheen Society, a secret communist organization founded in Los Angeles in 1950 to organize LGBTQ activists. According to the Library of Congress, the Meta founders borrowed the initial structure of the organization from the Communist Party and the leadership called the Fifth Order was anonymous. So members of this organization didn't even know the names of their leaders. Milk moved in in 1972, came here, and apparently sudden political transition took place, etc., etc. We just said that. In 1971-72, the FBI reported 2,500 domestic bombings, almost five a day over an 18-month span in San Francisco. In 1976, the FBI called San Francisco the Belfast of North America. Not only did the city host terrorists, New New World Liberation Front, but it gave rise to the Zodiac Killer, the Zebra Murders, the Symbionese Liberation Army and notorious People's Temple cult leader Jim Jones, who rose to political power with the help of the Democrat political machine in the Bay Area. Governor Jerry Brown, Congressman John Burton, Assemblyman Willie Brown, Supervisor Dianne Feinstein, People's Mayor George Moscone. All these people were perverts. Willie Brown was screwing Kamala Harris. Jerry Brown, I don't know whether he was a homosexual or not for most of his young years. Uh, Dianne Feinstein was hooked up with the Chinese, always hooked up with with a corrupted operation doing business for China. Harvey Milk's a homosexual, right? Screwing little boys. Not just a homosexual, he's a pederast. Jim Jones was a pervert. As Jones operated his primarily black church by preaching like a black pastor, his leadership team was dominated by white women, at least six of whom had sexual relationships with him. And you can read about that in David Talbot's book, The Season of the Witch. Go read it yourself. Don't take my word for it. Oh, Lou, he's just anti-homosexual. No, I'm not. I'm not worked up about it. I don't lose any sleep over any of them. I don't. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying it shouldn't be in our school system, just like this uh doctor down there in Temecula. And you know something? He's he's doing the right thing at what parents want him to do and his two other cohorts there that are that are uh exposing this baloney. And you got Gavin Newsom saying, You got my attention, uh stay tuned to what we're gonna do to you, buddy. So here's what uh here's what uh uh Harvey Milk said he said we lo- or, or Jim Jones said this is Jim Jones before they all went to Guyana. And he talked them into almost a thousand people to kill themselves. We loaded up 13 of our buses with maybe 70 people on each bus. Don't you think of this? This is a movement. 13 times 70. You, you multiply it. And we had those buses rolling nonstop up and down the coast into San Francisco the day before the election. According to Jones, this is Jones' son, Jones Jr. We had people going from precinct to precinct to vote. So you think we had the ability to tip the election to Moscone? Absolutely. Slam dunk. We only won by 4,000 votes. But I'm giving my father credit for that. So in Moscone, he repaid Jim Jones, Criminal Jim Jones, cult leader, was appointed the head of San Francisco Housing Authority. Then, they the, the thing about Jim Jones' uh, church, they took all these poor kids, these foster kids. In fact, many of them died in Guyana by being forced to drink poison. Jim Jones uh, helped. George Moscone run the city of San Francisco. And that's all of them were working together. We had the pedophile in Harvey Milk. We had George Moscone. We had Jim Jones, who also may have been having sex with kids as well. Jim Jones' father met privately with Jimmy Carter, who was president, and Rosalind, his wife, and with vice presidential candidate Walter Mondale. These people were powerful people down in the Bay Area, and they were all crooked and perverts. They were cheating on elections. Uh, They were having sex with kids. They were ridiculous. As for Harvey Malky, he attended dozens of Jones sermons and wrote glowing letters about the greatness he found in People's Temple. In fact, I don't know whether you ever read the Chronicle back then, but Herb Cain used to be my parents' favorite author, writer, and, and he was just so enchanted with Jim Jones. Uh, well, I don't want to get there. There's a lot more here. So anyway, on November 27th. On November 18th, 1978, listen to how this stacks up. Almost a thousand people died by murder or suicide at the direction of Jim Jones in his compound in Guyana. Just nine days later, on November 27th, George Moscone and Harvey Milk were shot to death in City Hall by disgruntled former supervisor Danny White. It was not anti-homosexual. It was nothing to it, but he got PO'd at these guys who double-crossed him, Moscone and Melk. And instead of just eating crow and going on with his life, being bitter or better, he shot him. They, and because they sabotaged his political career in San Francisco. That, that's the truth. All the other stuff is myth. Today, 45 years after the largest mass murder in history and a double political assassination perpetrated by an elected politician, California celebrates Harvey Milk Day each year. I think it's May 21 every year. Milk also has his face on a U.S. postage stamp. Is that disgusting or what? And an elementary school is named after milk and a U.S. naval ship. The only the only. The comfort I get out of the U.S. naval ship, it wasn't a destroyer. It was an oiler. And all homosexuals need a bit of oil to get the job done. That's that's a little of a Freudian payback. Not only did many of California's most prominent politicians benefit from enabling Jim Jones and the murder of not just 900 and some people, but 300 children. 300 of those people that died in the Jones Murder with children, little kids that didn't have a chance to say where they wanted to go or be. And many of them were product of the foster system that were that that the social workers were so dull. I'm talking about social workers that that did not these guys couldn't sniff out a skunk. They murdered 300 children, but they've also instructed schools to teach children right now. That a lying, power-hungry, narcissistic pedophile has now been a culture war hero in our school system, and so we have three school school board members down in Temecula, California, that are standing up, and we have Gavin Newsom saying, "Oh, really? That you got our attention now, buddy? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I wonder if, and wonder if I said to stay tuned, if I said to something like this over the radio." Gavin, you got my attention. Stay tuned. Do you think I might get arrested? I think I might get arrested. They already tried to do this thing to me at Yuba County, but Gavin Newsom can say that, threaten people. He's threatening those guys. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He's threatening people. Dirty dogs. It's disgusting. We're not talking about, listen, people, some of you cannot sort out a, ch- a guy and a guy and a guy or a gal and a gal deciding to live together and maybe deciding to have sex and they don't want to have a relationship with the opposite sex. That's one thing. And in America, you have a right to do that. Actually, you've always had a right to do that in spite of sodomy laws and everything. People just didn't fuss with it. But to turn around and say we have to sacrifice our kids to this is evil the the relationship you have of it's very clear in the bible about sleeping with your mother sleeping with your stepmother sleeping with your father having relationships with your sister or your brother is evil in in our in our country right now basically we could do all that no big deal now we're now the next step is not just tolerance, not just like, hey, I, I you know, not, I'm not going to make a big deal about that. I'm talking about general people in the neighborhood. Now we got to actually have them teach our kids that they may be transsexual. They may be homosexual. They may be this. They may be that. Maybe you should be a boy, not a girl, girl, not a boy, blah, 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 blah. Right. And this Dr. Komrosky, and I'm I'm thinking that guy, guy's a medical doctor. I don't know. Maybe he's a chiropractor. But he's not. He's not a PhD type. He's got the D R in front of his name. This guy knows more than Gavin Newsom about people's lives. And he said, "I am not, as chairman of the board, going to endorse pedophiles and pedophilia, and that is not okay." And there are. Uh, Right now, there are uh, just like I told you about this new marriage act coming from the Democrats in Sacramento. They are endorsing all kinds of relationships. Adults with animals, adults with children, all kinds of stuff. And just for standing up, that's what that's what he's getting. Komoroski is is standing up now. I'm 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 wondering what our local school boards up here are going to do about some of this stuff. And what our parents are going to do. Thank God. It's interesting that this they had a, a news, news conference for these school board members that stood up against this nonsense in Temecula. Pedophile nonsense. They had their news conference in the church. Uh, I don't know what flavor of church it was, but Tim Thompson is the uh, pastor. And he was very involved in the protests at the Sacramento Capitol. Uh, state capitol during the fight over the mandates on COVID. He's very active. And so I didn't know where where his church was, but he obviously is very involved. And what they did down there is they did a campaign and they changed the the uh the complex or the uh they changed their board members. And they voted some people out and voted some different people in to stand up against this nonsense, to to save the environment down there for their kids and the teaching curriculums. So uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to follow that. But if you ever uh, think, oh, well, they like, oh, yeah, you said you were threatening somebody. It's interesting. It, it See, that's what the the, uh, D, the not the D.A., but the. Uh, County council were trying to say, I said that to Dr. Lou, like stay tuned. I'm coming for you, babe. I didn't ever say that. I never said that, but that's what they wanted to, to go a restraining order. You think we could, I wonder if we should get a restraining order on the governor of the state of California for threatening Dr. Komrovsky down in Temecula, California. You might want to pray for Dr. Komrovsky and the, the, uh, school board members it does not name the other school board members down there uh i don't i've kind of scrolled away from that right now so i can't quote quote even his first name but probably the temecula valley school district something like that honestly the i'm telling you that the government officials are getting away with murder i mean i'm not that's not a hyperbole they're getting away with murder they're killing people they're holding people in jail I don't know what you think happened to to Mr. Epstein, but I don't I, I don't believe for a minute that he took his own life. I, honestly, people, they can te- some of you they can tell anything, and you'll believe them. It's Joseph Komrosky, K O M R O S K Y. This is, Gavin Newsom. Ended a tweet calling Temecula School Board President Joseph, Dr. Joseph Komrovsky an in, ignorant person. For a co- he, What he did is he called slain, according to Newsom, civil rights icon, LGBTQ civil rights icon, Harvey Milk, a pedophile. In a debate over the social studies curriculum. In other words, they were in a school board meeting and everybody was going at it. And he says he called correctly. Harvey Milk, a pedophile. That's exactly what he was. He had he had so he said he never, he, Doug whoever Doug is who was in his twenties. He said I've never started a new sexual relationship with somebody this old. I always started with little kids. This. <laughs> the governor's words proved pr- pr- prophetic. Look, listen what's happened already. We're almost done here. Here's what happened. California's Attorney General and Department of Education are now scrutinizing the Temecula Valley Union School District, where a conservative school board majority has delighted supporters and outraged critics by actions since taking power in December. Uh, while Temecula is no stranger to culture war fights, Sacramento's focus on its school district marks an escalation in the long running fight between the cities. Christian conservatives and a vocal progressive movement in the traditionally red city and southwest Riverside County. So uh, so Mr. Newsom is mad because we call Harvey a pedophile. That's what he is. I, I don't know. That dude didn't just do it once. He made a lifestyle of it. They've taken other stands. They, they've been fighting over pro-life issues. They've been fighting over sanctuary city issues. They had problems with calling. They don't want to honor months. I agree with them. In January, the council voted 3-2 to two to stop issuing citywide proclamations recognizing months like Black History Month. I don't think we ought to have a Black History Month. There's no White History Month. There's no Red History Month. Forget all the History Months. Get over it. Move on recognize a month they don't they voted 3 to 2 to stop it to celebrate cult, cultural diversity women's history or lgbtqxyz instead deferring to the city's diversity commission to designate such months anyway uh they these folks are standing up and uh attorney general rob bonta warned listen to this this rob bonta rob bonta is a communist he's the attorney general He's warning to he'd warned a Temecula council uh, about they had a uh, they wanted to have a resolution to support pro-life. He said, oh, it'll be uh, it's probably illegal. Sacramento says has generally avoided intervening in Temecula, which is about 500 miles away. I'm telling you, it's going to get messy down there. And we have the governor threatening. What is he threatening the life of of Joseph Komoroski? Saying stay tuned, you got my attention, baby. If somebody said that to you on the uh, that you knew that you were having a squabble with and said that to you on the streets, you got my attention, baby, and stay tuned. What do you think that sounds like? You think anybody's gonna call the governor and send him a subpoena to uh have a restraining order on the governor's words? Come on. All right. We're done. I want you to uh, support The Plumbing Doctor. They're also one of our supporters here. They, they will serve you in Yuba-Sutter area 24 hours a day, every day of the, the year. And they will uh, they'll get there quick. You can reach them really easy, 530 And my friend Ted Holmes will be on top of it with his crews. So this is it for this week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Uh, do something good for somebody this week. See you later. I
2: see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies are blue, and clouds of white, the bright and blessed day, and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a
0: wonderful